0: It's the Featured Players Podcast, featuring your hosts, Bram Benderoff and Brendan Noel. Ladies and gentlemen,
1: Rob Riggle.
2: Hi-ho, cheerio, everybody, and welcome back to episode number 10 of the Featured Players Podcast, the only Saturday Night Live podcast that this summer will be entirely reformatted to be about ABC's Sunday Fun and Games lineup. Uh, my name is Brendan Noel, and my favorite Match Game panelist is Maggie Q. With <laughs> me, as always, is uh, Bram Benderoff. Bram, if you could please state in the following order how you are doing and who your favorite Match Game panelist is. <laughs>
3: um my favorite match game panelist is uh titus uh from unbreakable kimmy schmidt i excellent he's just uh excellent. he's very enthused and he enjoys the show uh i believe michael Ian black was also on it he's good too
2: yeah he was in the he was in the first episode he was pretty good yeah i thought you were gonna say adam goldberg i i, I don't i don't know i don't i feel i don't always like adam goldberg Adam Goldberg acted like he literally wanted to die before he was on match games. He's he he's 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 just he's an ass. Like more Yeah, a little bit.
3: More often than not, that's the way he is. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Oh like like um, you know you
3: know the whole thing with um like Adam F. Goldberg, the creator of the Goldbergs, and he's like he tries to like openly hate on him and like trick the fans. I've heard
2: some I've heard there's bad blood. It's bad. There's a rivalry, yeah.
3: Rivalry from the Featured Players podcast against Adam Goldberg.
2: It's okay. Yeah, I like, I like Adam Jim Goldberg. Gaffigan's
3: show. It's on tonight. We're okay. Uh, we have yes. a guest this week, and that is a first return.
2: Yeah, I believe it is the first return. And He's the first member of the Featured Players' illustrious two-timers, two-timers club.
3: club. Yes. Uh, it's Christian Becker.
0: Hello, all, and I'm very happy to be in the two-timers club. I didn't realize that was a thing, and I'm very happy to be
2: in it. Yes. Well, we're happy to have you. Um, We do a whole comedy sketch about it, but it's just you right now. Do you guys
0: have jackets? Do I get one of those in the mail?
2: Yeah, it's like a very nice Letterman jacket. John Hamm is a bartender. Yes.
0: I never have to be in another podcast again. I got the jacket.
2: No, you're done. You're good. You're set for life. All right.
0: I'll see you guys later.
2: (laughs) All right. Yeah, uh, little-known fact: John Hamm has appeared on this podcast twice. Uh, we won't say when and in what role. You have to listen but, to all uh, of them
0: to to hear when he comes on,
2: and backwards also,
0: and rate the podcast too.
2: Yes, and rate us and subscribe <laughs> on iTunes. Then he and appears. follow us on Twitter. <laughs> hey, you do guys, all this uh, and then
0: he appears.
3: Yeah. Have you guys been playing uh, the craze sweeping the nation?
2: Pokemon Go. I, I I assume you're referring to Pokemon Go. Well, funny you should say that, Bram, because uh, it's Sunday night, July 17th when we're recording, and uh, Pokemon Go was just made available in Canada today. Uh, Of course, everybody's been playing it for the last couple weeks because it's very easy to just download the direct file onto your Android phone. Uh, I have an iPhone, so it's it's a little bit trickier to do that. Um, And so uh, I have been playing Pokemon Go for the last couple hours, and... uh, very much enjoying it. I've hit a couple of Poke Stops and uh, found about eight or nine unique uh, Pokemon that I've caught. It's been. Uh, I can easily see myself uh, surrendering my life to this game over the next uh, little while.
0: The real question that kind of uh, uh, tells a little bit about your character is: Who did you choose as your starter?
2: That's see the now, big question. here's it is an important question. Now, what happened was my go-to starter in any game is usually Charmander. My brother told me not to pick him though because he chose Charmander, matter so i went with squirtle
0: okay i went with bulbasaur he's usually my uh my go-to guy
3: i'm kind of doing a, a hip a are... hypno most of the time I, I, did, I did a jinx once those are my <laughs> uh strongest ones so i just go with them
2: i have to commend christian on, on making bulbasaur his go-to i think that's a very difficult uh Way to begin. I mean, again. that's
0: always how I I played it off, doing like blue version and red version, and no one Bulbasaur is a very underrated starter. No one goes with him, and I feel like he doesn't get enough love. And I got to show it to him because when he becomes a Venusaur, uh, he'll be loyal to me.
2: <laughs> it's it's totally fair. I mean, I think that yeah, part of the reason he gets a bad rap is that he is maybe not the uh, maybe not the best uh, best teammate for the later portion of the game, but uh, you know. He, uh, you're exactly right. Venusaur is a is a very strong Pokemon.
0: He's a dinosaur. He's a dinosaur, and who doesn't want a dinosaur on their side? What? Well, I guess I guess Charizard is too.
3: What Pokemon? Kind of. It's like part
2: dragon, I guess. What yeah.
3: Pokemon? Will... It's all confusing. What Pokemon will be hired as a featured player on the next season of SNL.
0: Ditto for sure, because they can. He can morph into any situation and improvise.
2: Not bad. Yeah, he's really good at just blending into a scene. Evie is also good at that. Yeah, That's no, I've true. heard.
3: I've heard Evie has been really uh, working up that uh, that UCB ladder over and uh, yeah, Evie's yeah, Evie's been doing Sunset. the club
2: scene, and uh, you know they're they're thinking that Evie could could potentially evolve into any one of five different types of, of performers on the show. So Exciting I've seen
0: uh, Snorlax perform a couple times, but uh, you don't get much out of him.
3: Well, no. Snorlax has opened for um, for uh, for Anthony Jesselnick.
2: Seen that? Yeah, I have heard that. the uh, the thing I find that's the annoying about it is like you got to remember to bring your flute with you, or it just you know you you really you really just can't make any any headway there.
0: There's always one guy who forgets the flute, so we got to start all over.
2: Yeah, it's uh it's pretty it's pretty irritating. Okay. Uh, well done everyone. No, in all seriousness, <laughs> the
0: game the game is fun. It drains my battery like nothing I've ever had drained my battery before. So it kind of frustrates me.
2: But oh, yeah. it's
0: a fun thing to do. People are outside playing it, running around, bumping into each other, catching drowsies at the Holocaust Museum. <sighs> like,
3: so. Yeah, um, I've seen Pokestops at uh, strip clubs. It, it's pretty great. Um, Christian they got a little is, Mr. Mimes in there. <laughs> Christian is Damn. around uh, New York City, and I'm around Toronto. Uh, so we're seeing like the, the big city... Uh, Pokemon Go action every day and people, you know, constantly walking on the sidewalks, looking at their phone and all these lure meetups and all these, like, you look you, like now when I see someone looking at their phone in a city, I wonder if they're playing and I usually just turn yep. my head around just to see and it's and it, it it's very likely that they are playing these days. It, it's kind of just a strange social phenomenon where uh, stra- uh, strangers are united together. Like even on my street, a neighbor And the neighbor, cool thing is, yeah a neighbor that I haven't talked to uh, in years, I just randomly like, called out my name, like, oh, you, uh, are you looking for the Geodude? Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> Where is this? It, it's so cool, too, because you have to admit, even if you don't like Pokemon, it, it's such a big phenomenon that you can't ignore it. It's, it's become its own pop-cultural identity at this point that even adults who wouldn't even fathom the idea of playing this game are very curious. Like, we had a whole conversation around my family dinner table when like extended family of mine got together about what this game was, and some of them even downloaded it just to play, like just to see how it's all done, and we like fascinated by, it, and it's really cool.
2: Yeah, it's it's definitely like a Ford quadrant kind of thing. I, I was walking my dogs tonight. We went out for about twenty minutes, and I saw no less than ten people playing this game. Where you know I could hear they were on bikes and had their phones out, and I could hear them saying, you know, that they were looking for certain for certain characters, and uh, you know, like. It totally ranging in age as well, from, from children to adults and, you know, kids out with their parents and stuff. Um, it really is, like you said, it's attracting an audience that uh, has generally not been catered to by um, by Pokemon games before. Um, and, and to what Bram said, you know, I've seen uh, a lot of the people in my Twitter feed that I just sort of um, have followed for a long time, and, and I wouldn't think would be interested in this, have, have tweeted things like Bram said about how, you know, this game has introduced them to like five neighbors that they never would have met otherwise Mm -hmm. um and that also is part of what irritates me about people who are trying to um criticize this game with the lazy jokes about like oh look at these nerds like getting out of their parents basement like I'm sorry if you want to make fun of a game that is promoting you know physical activity learning about the world around you and socializing you go right ahead and do that but uh and it's like, what else know, are we
0: going to do? What Talk about the like. election some more? Like, you know, the world is so nuts <laughs> oh, right hell. now that I, I think everybody needs this distraction.
3: Yeah, I, I've seen a lot of people uh, who say they were were depressed and they say that Pokemon Go, they save them, it, it gave them gave their life a purpose, it, it gets them out of the house, it gets them moving, and that's, it's beautiful in me. Uh, mm-hmm. So, that can't do any wrong Uh, just make sure you like know where you're walking and just be aware of your surroundings because there's a lot of weird stuff that could happen when you're not looking around you
2: i know i noticed when i when i first downloaded the game that there's now a thing that pops up that says uh you know make sure that you're aware of your surroundings at all times and then i read that and it struck me as the kind of thing that probably was not there in the original release of the game it was it
3: was there for me in the home
2: screen oh okay uh but yeah are we good on that I think so. I Pokemon Go gets a thumbs up. Yeah, I yeah. feel like
3: now that Christian uh, got out of the bag, we should definitely talk about the state of the election.
0: Oof, definitely wasn't trying to segue there, but uh, <laughs> but let's do it. We can we can well, do we, it. We can do we it. We can
2: touch on it very briefly in the sense of how it relates to uh, to late night television. I think yes. um, because we're headed into the uh, Republican convention next week, and in uh, Cleveland. the Daily Show as usual is uh, it's in Cleveland, Ohio, and the Daily Show as usual is uh the show's recording from Cleveland next week, right?
0: I, Daily Show. It is in Cleveland, that's correct. I don't know if it... I'm trying to look for my Entertainment Weekly because it had, like, a list of what all the late-night hosts are doing for this week, and I don't know if okay. Trevor Noah is doing live shows all week from Cleveland or if he's just recording there. Okay. Which, like, if you're going to Cleveland in the first place, I don't know why you wouldn't do it live. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, exactly. I know that, um... I just know there's confusion because I know that Colbert is doing his show live next week, but he's staying in New York. Yeah. 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 I think so. Um, Definitely great. Bram, I, your, your, your thoughts on this?
3: Um, well, I believe it's great because, uh,
2: well, all those like Tony, the tiger all, the,
3: <laughs> <great>. <laughs> all those speakers are happening, um, in prime time as far as I've checked. Uh, so if you have a show that tapes, I mean Christian knows when shows tape it's I assume it's like six seven ish um, yeah
0: like they you they want the audience to like be in their seats by five they start doing like warm up stuff by five yeah. thirty and then it like gets off from there you're out by seven
3: yeah so it's great that Colbert can record it at eleven thirty and he's gonna have a lot of like today's events to draw from um I think it's it's great for ratings on my part like i I want to actually tune in and get his a uh, live take on the Republican National Convention uh, tomorrow. Uh, we're gonna see. Uh, I believe his name is Willie Robertson from Duck Dynasty. Who is speaking oh, at, for Trump? <laughs> like uh, lots of great, great big celebrities. speaking And it's nothing math.
0: against my like dislike for Trump. That's just like I just can't stand Duck Dynasty. So I mean, he could be speaking for anybody, and I would still be like, Ugh. yeah,
3: yeah, definitely. Um, but. I mean, I was talking to Christian about it earlier. Uh, I, I was saying, like, I don't necessarily – let's – here's the thing. The world is so – it's kind of – things are crazy right now. <laughs> like, that's really, like, shit's crazy. That's pretty that's much – That's an understatement. The thing. It should be crazy. I though. mean, there's the whole thing you can talk about gun control and, you know, what, what happened in Dallas with the, you know, Black Lives Matter movement and – uh, or
0: the other shooting today in Baton Rouge. In
3: Baton Rouge, you could have opinions Get on that. Getting a little more topical and um, The important thing is the, uh, the Tenors. Um, but... uh,
2: <laughs> my God, I still can't even believe that. No one knows what
3: we're talking about. Okay, um, but Jimmy Fallon, number one in late night, he's kind of just irrelevant now because... I guess if you're in that demographic uh, where you are, I would say yeah. I mean, either you want the pick me up after like the crazy things that are going on, and you want Jimmy Fallon to entertain you, and you want just silly, uh, just like mindless games, um, celebrity stuff, or maybe he's gonna dress up dress up as Trump and he's gonna like, pr- like do a fake uh, Republican convention. But if you want to get like. Comprehensive, comedic, political satire. Like you'd go with John Oliver, you'd go with Samantha B, you'd go with uh, Seth Meyers, who actually right now I've fully embraced as the best political commentator. Uh, I told as you as so. As a man. Daily Lane yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't there <laughs> initially. I watched him on the plane once. He he's impressive. He, he talks for like <laughs> nine minutes on something. His closer look segment, it's great. I
0: he's like morphing into like a weeknight yeah. John Oliver. In oh, it's better than Daily yeah. Show for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, I wouldn't necessarily, I know it's irrelevant is the word I used when I talked to you about it earlier, Bram, like, I wouldn't necessarily say irrelevant anymore about Jimmy Fallon, it's just that people, this isn't the time or the place to pay attention to him anymore, at least, yes. like, during this election season, where yeah, you, you kind of turn towards, like, what he's doing is still his own formula, and I respect that he's, like, sticking to his guns and not trying to be something he's not, but... Especially during this these conventions, the both the Republican and Democrat, you, you want to be in on the fun. You want to be in on what's going on, what these people are saying, and you're going to turn to people like Colbert, like Seth Meyers, like Trevor Noah, mm-hmm. to hear about all this stuff and to hear all the current uh, news that's going on, especially when they're doing stuff on location and live shows. And nothing that Jimmy Fallon does this week or next week is really going to top any of that.
3: Okay. Mostly what I was going for. I think there are definitely times for fallon there are times for Corden as well which is the closest comparison um yeah for sure i
2: mean the thing about fallon is that people no one has ever looked to him for for that kind of biting political satire no. um jimmy fallon yeah he he puts on the, the the wig and does his trump impression and and he's a textbook you example of you know I articles that have, have come out that I've agreed with that are basically like it's time to stop laughing about Donald Trump. Like this is not, right. this is not the way that it's it's funny really. Like Colbert, um, so it's you know it's not everybody has their their strengths and so Colbert thinks that this can be something that can. Uh, get him some attention and uh, I completely understand why Um, you know if if Jimmy Fallon had announced that he was going live for the conventions I would have thought that'd be very out of character
0: it would be NBC pushing him into doing it not like his own
2: choice there would be no purpose for it Jimmy Fallon has absolutely no desire to tell you how he votes even though
3: I would like Seth Meyers would be interesting if he did that um
0: well he's doing a live show also which real quick I just wanted to touch upon like people who we uh we obviously said Colbert is doing it live, and so is uh, Trevor is going to Cleveland. But some other people who are doing uh, coverage of the convention, Seth Meyers is doing a live show on Wednesday. No, no, Thursday. Thursday he's doing a live show. Uh, Samantha right. B doing a regular show this Monday after being on a two-week hiatus, but she's doing a bonus episode on Wednesday, which the crew just taped uh, yesterday and uh, like over the weekend, like they went to Cleveland. Uh, Larry Wilmore is doing... Some wow. stuff. It's not really clear here what he's doing, but he's, uh, he's doing some kind of convention stuff. And then Bill Maher, he's usually on Friday nights. He's actually going to be ex- extended to like three nights this week to cover the convention. Jesus. So it's going to be a big night and late night. Everybody, strap in. Big week.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm. Uh, I'm excited to see um, animated Trump on Colbert live. Oh God. That's probably Bill the Mar thing that usually. that I would rather him just just do his commentary rather than like taking it and making it like his own thing I I, I don't think it needs the animated element to it um, I never watched it anymore. well the
0: thing about Colbert like in this setting is that he he thrives on improv and politics mm-hmm. and so doing a live show that's solely politics based during the convention is I think where he's really going to like be in his element and yeah because uh, you said before that he the the situations that he performs the best are the ones where there's like a lot of pressure and there's a lot of stakes. Yes. And so, especially with like a live show about the Republican convention, like, uh, I don't think you could get any better for a Colbert show.
3: Right. And I'm not going to make you talk about it anymore. <laughs> yeah, please don't. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah, the thing about, um, Colbert is that he has been, uh, he's obviously clearly been looking for, for a way to, uh, to find out what, he's, what his uh, his niche is uh, in particular, although he doesn't really want it to be a niche either because he wants to, to capture the uh, the big CBS audience that was uh, there for Letterman for so many years. And uh, I just think it's evident at this point that uh, this is something he can try to do and then see if it gets a new eyeballs because I don't think... Uh, he's found it yet, and I think that was evident uh, this past week when, after many, many consecutive years of, of nominations for the Colbert Report, uh, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert did not get an Emmy nomination. Yes,
3: that is,
0: yeah, that was that surprised me. But which I guess can segue us into that category because I have a lot to say there. <laughs> we
3: know, we know that uh, Colbert has been having some issues uh, over there with formatting and just being more of an accessible, like mass. Uh, like mass audience show, but uh, he's getting there. And and I think that um, it's good to... I was going to say debut in an election year, but he was... he debuted almost a year ago. Um, Election years are good for pretty much all shows that are going to try to be political. Even, like, Bill Maher, all that stuff. Like, you know, SNL is going to be, like, really big this year. Because, you know, you remember the whole Palin year? It was, like... Through the roof ratings, like people were just wanting yeah. to Fey. You know, we're gonna have that again. We're gonna Absolutely. get Hillary and Trump, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a good late night year. Always, always at the election, there's a lot of good comedy that could come from it, and I'm excited for Colbert to uh, to take that into new directions, whichever way that's gonna be. So, if you guys want to talk about Emmys,
1: yeah,
0: sure. let's do it. Okay, we can uh, start with whatever category you you choose,
2: Brendan. Well, let's. Let's start with, with the Variety Talk Series category, only because we were just touching that, and also because this is, you know, in an overall very strong year for Emmy nominations, like an unusually strong, like I kind of, a slate of nominations that makes me think like, who are these people and what have they done with the people who like, um, you know, Julie Bowen, like, yeah. ver, t- Variety Talk Series is one of the categories that if you really get me going on, I can really get angry
0: about i've got five words for you want to hear them yeah in cars getting coffee
2: my god like (laughs) which (laughs) well here are my five words for you full frontal with samantha b where's she at yo
0: because that did surprise me a lot
2: i was very surprised i mean the fact that we have a variety variety talk series category and we haven't we don't have a show whose title is The Daily Show. It's not hosted by Jon Stewart anymore, but that's regardless of the fact. The Daily Show got 10 consecutive wins and I think eleven overall, 12 overall nominations, I think, um, in that category. And we don't have The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, which admittedly is not a show that a lot of people like. But again, the Emmy voters like Colbert, and they are lazy, if not anything else. And so you would be surprised to see that they didn't just check off his name and full frontal with samantha bee a show that was hosted by the longest running uh correspondent in the history of john stewart's daily show um and yeah instead they went with the crackle thing with jerry seinfeld and... which i'm a fan of
0: yeah i think it, we should say learned... right off the bat i think being three comedy guys i think we can all admit it is a very good show and i enjoy watching sure. it it's just interesting it's to see it pop up as a variety contender yes. there should be yeah, so many other show shows like Seems to be and uh, Stephen Colbert, Colbert and all that Yep. Yeah.
2: yeah this is a show comedians in cars getting coffee I think this is the third consecutive year it's got a nomination it's just in the past it's been in like special class program or like digital um, short form category mm-hmm. kind of thing so this year it got a major bump up and uh obviously worked out well for them which is why i was um, so
0: shocked because i thought it was still in that uh special category so yeah like i didn't even
2: think it was eligible it was the and first suddenly, name
0: they read off so i was like uh-huh. kind of shocked there i was like oh what's not getting in in its place and turns out a lot of things didn't
2: yeah really really strange like yeah. i would
0: have even liked to have seen seth Myers get into this category because he was yeah, sure. really pumping it out and thriving in this election year
2: He'll have his time. I totally time.
0: think yeah. that he could have been in here. Yeah,
2: yeah. The fact that this is a category that doesn't have that doesn't have Samantha B, like that is ludicrous. Um, Seth Meyers absolutely deserves to be in there, um, and Bill Maher still is getting nominations in this category. Like it drives me crazy. Amazing. I
3: was, well, they I definitely watching,
0: tried to mix it, today it up really a bit between politics and entertainment because you have your. Your Jimmy Fallon's and your James Corden, and that's another thing too. It's like James Corden and Jimmy Fallon—they're kind of the same show in the sense that it, they're trying to be like the fun party thing. James Corden yeah. obviously got in because of his carpool karaoke and like hosting the Tonys and all that. Jimmy Fallon yeah, got in the, car- number the one carpool karaoke
2: night. special got nominated for a variety special.
0: Yeah, that was cool. Good for CBS. For sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I just want to say off the bat, too, like, none of these are necessarily bad shows. Like, I like James Corden's show. I like Jimmy Fallon's show. But it's just the type of year we're having where the Variety series is so good, like, with Samantha Bee and Seth Meyers and Stephen Colbert. Like, it seems like they just went more for the lighter slices.
3: Yeah, and and I understand why. Like, that's – the Academy does that. Like, for, you know, Oscar bait – that's pretty much what they do. Um, well, the of, thing is, in Golden I... Globes—you have like Mozart in the Jungle—is getting like all this acclaim, and the public doesn't really know what show this is.
2: Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, I think a lot of my annoyance is, is moved well, partly because later in the day I realized that. At the very least, Full Frontal got nominated for variety writing, so that makes me a little less mad, even though it still so obviously belongs in this category, and I think really should have won. But at the end of the day, I still think John Oliver is going to win, and so yeah, we'll I'll get be there perfectly. Oh, happy for
0: sure. That, yeah, so, he was yeah. the only one who I felt was really safe in this category for getting a nomination. Yeah. Uh, and Full Frontal, I have a very good feeling will get nominated next year. I feel like. Yeah. It, I mean, it did. Uh, really come into its own and have some of its best stuff during the voting process which is why it surprised me that it didn't get in but now that it'll be out Mm -hmm. for over a full year and people have time like emmy voters have more time to digest it and under and like seek it out i feel like it'll definitely be in next year
2: that's a fair point it's only been on for four or five months at this point yeah so So it's new ish i guess
0: yeah it would have been a great headline, like a new variety show that's only been on for five months, beat out things that have been on for years. But yeah, that's just the
3: Emmys for you.
2: But it's clear, at least from the writing nomination, that the show is on their radar, which is good.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, speaking of the uh, the Americans, got nominated in, in the writing categories um, a few years back, and now it's it has both for the leading actors, and it has a drama series, which was very surprising to me. And I mean,
2: thank God, because I don't know how many more times I could have, you know, tweeted out on Emmy nomination morning, Roar Gur Rage, where's the Americans, where's Matthew Reese, where's Kerry Russell, where's Noah Emmerich, like on and on and on. Um, And I mean, I said this on Twitter, too, that the it's nice, especially considering that like, you know, the Emmys voters could have been their usual lazy selves. And nominated, you know, billions in drama series or nominated. Um, Paul Giamatti, or even Bobby Bobby Cannavale, who's won an Emmy before, so they know who he is. They could have nominated him for a show that's been canceled, <laughs> and instead they did the right thing. Wait, so, Vinyl got nominated away. for
3: something. What was it? What's that? We both talked. Vinyl got nominated for something. <laughs> what I know, HBO like.
2: Oh, or I like sound editing. something. Something something technical yeah let me uh, let me do a control search on the creative arts page uh main title design okay <laughs> and uh outstanding makeup for a single camera series non-prosthetic i get
0: it that's such a specific pilot, category yeah.
2: <laughs> it is yeah like it's, i feel like uh, it's hard
0: not to get nominated for that then like if you work yeah. in TV, it's easier to get, get, nominated get nominated for prosthetic for probably yeah
2: up against uh, battle of the bastards among other things okay. so uh, sorry vinyl not happening.
3: What else is interesting, guys? But yeah, oh, about uh, the Americans, Louis... it was
0: super cool to see a show like that that's been on for so long get huge first-time nominations in these categories. I really did not expect that, but I'm happy it happened.
2: It's Very. not something that really ever happens. The only really precedent for this is Friday Night Lights. Finally got uh, um, Kyle Chandler and Connie Britton in in season four and got a drama series nomination in its last season. Um... So it's it's nice to know that it, every once in a while it can happen. It's not a possibility. Um, yeah, overall very happy. Um, another writing nomination this year as well. Um, Margot Martindale is, is in the weirdest sort of twist of all is that Margot Martindale is nominated again. And like it's gotten to the point where people are almost annoyed at her nomination just because she really is only ever on two minutes of a season anymore. Yeah. Um, She's the,
0: the Meryl Streep of
2: TV. The yeah. Yeah. Did Frank Langella get anything? Uh, he didn't. No. That's shocking to me. So. unless he, he was in guest actor. But, no, but that's uh, what me, he.
3: I think he would be on guest actor. But he was on every me,
2: episode. Let me let me double check what the. Uh, um. No, he didn't get in. He
3: didn't get yeah. in for uh, all the way either. Wow. Speaking of Kyle Chandler, uh, Bloodline got renewed for season three, and I'm totally out of that show. <laughs> I haven't. I did not watch it. season two, and I. I watched episode care. one of season two, and I am not doing it. I think Ben Mendelsohn got nominated again. Ben Mendelsohn did, got yeah. another
2: nomination it's in ridiculous. supporting actor in a drama. Okay, let's talk about supporting actor in a drama because um this is another category I was just actually looking at um earlier today and I kind of looked at it and was like it's not a bad category but considering like supporting actor in a drama is probably where you will find like the biggest bounty of riches on the nominating ballot. I mean, okay, Jonathan Banks better call Saul. Great. Good with that. Peter Dinklage Game of Thrones. Absolutely. Sure. Kit Harington in Game of Thrones. Okay. I don't think so. <laughs> I think we're getting a little iffy there. Nothing wrong with his performance, but top six, I don't think so. No. Uh, Definitely Michael not. Kelly, House of Cards. Okay. Um, the Emmys are 100% welcome to stop treating House of Cards as a quality program anytime I I stopped, they too. Wish. I thought I it was a it. big
0: improvement on season three, but we can get into that on another podcast. Okay.
2: I have not watched since uh, the beginning of season two, so I don't, I don't even know, but... Uh, um, yeah, So, and then we have Ben Mendelsohn in Bloodline and John Voight with another nomination for Ray Donovan.
0: He's um, kind of a boring crop of people.
2: Really very boring.
0: Like, some of these shows might be great, like Game of Thrones and House of Cards, but, like, nothing about
3: these performances really get me excited. No. They're kind of, like, business as usual. Jonathan Banks uh, does for me. I would hope he wins over all those...
2: I'd like him to win. I assume Peter Dinklage will win again or John Voight will upset. Right. But there comes a point
0: where like Jonathan Banks has been nominated for like Breaking Bad for the past, like how many seasons was he on that show?
2: I think he got two nominations for Breaking Bad and and maybe one. And this is his his second for Better Call Saul. So
0: like he just keeps showing up and like he's great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying anything against Jonathan Banks, but like there comes a point where you keep nominating Jonathan Banks, you keep nominating Peter Dinklage. Nominate John Boyd again. It's just like it becomes a very boring crop of people because you just see the same names. And you can just copy and paste them year after year.
2: Yeah, and I mean, especially considering this is the same group of people who, who did have the wherewithal to, in a stunning display of competency, point out that Constance Zimmer of Unreal is somebody who absolutely deserved a nomination in the Drama Supporting Actress Fantastic. race. Yeah, that would have been great. Um, that's that's a great nomination, and I mean. Um, and, and Maisie Williams got nominated as well, which is a nomination like three years ago. She did
3: get nominated. Why are you saying, why are you acting like she didn't? Yeah, she did get nominated. Oh, I think Christian got confused. I, no, I, I said,
0: I meant that is great. I said would have been great. Oh, okay, okay, okay. we're good. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just words. Words are coming out of my mouth. I don't know what they mean. I don't know what they mean. Words, no good,
2: no good meaning bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was saying Maisie Williams getting nominated for Game of Thrones is pretty cool. I think that's a nomination I really would have pushed for maybe two, three years ago. So it is like less exciting to me now. But I think it's also, in a certain way, is a is a glass breaking moment for um, for younger performers who generally uh, don't get that kind of attention from the Emmys. Like I would have. It would have been shocking if Kieran Shipka had ever gotten an Emmy nomination, even though she deserved one at a couple different points in right. the run of Mad Men. I mean, it
0: does get exciting when people who are in shows that have been on for a while, like a few years, finally get nominations for the first time. Like that, that moment for me this year for this Emmys was uh, Thomas Middleditch for Silicon Valley.
2: Yeah, great. Like Great nomination. Yeah,
0: I kind of thought that ship sailed. Like I thought it was going to get the same nominations. And that show is it's my favorite show that's currently on TV right now. And I thought the ship kind of sailed to get acting nominations for that because it was in its third year and it still hadn't. It was still got like series and writing and directing, which were all great. But you also want to see the performers get in there. So I was totally banking yeah. on T.J. Miller, but I did not think for a second that Thomas Middleditch would get in for the first time in season three.
2: Yeah, I was. I was expecting. I remember expecting T.J. Miller last year, and uh, and so I, I really wasn't thinking on it this year, just because. But I mean now it is clear that Silicon Valley is now on the same veep trajectory that they are on an upward swing rather than a downward. They have, they have two, I think they have two nominations each in both writing and directing.
0: I'm hoping um, it could which win. Good for them.
2: That's a, that's a terrific show.
0: I'm really hoping
2: that could win. That would be amazing.
0: Definitely. Our comedy series.
2: Yeah. I, I do not think it's out of the realm of possibility,
0: right? Like I can see that being a, a very possible dark
2: horse. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I you know if Transparent won last year, I don't think it's going to win this year. No, um, Plus, people don't I, really like was... it anymore, do they? Veep did. Veep won. Yeah, Veep won last year. Um, and, and I was thinking probably Veep is is the favorite. I was thinking maybe Blackish as a dark horse, but Silicon Valley also for sure.
3: Master of None would be definitely be my pick. I'm, oh yeah. yeah, I'm delighted. Perhaps. By
2: that. Um, it uh, you know it it has support elsewhere. Season Sorry was a very good and and you know again a nomination I probably would have expected them to um, ignore especially because comedy series lead actor has been such a dumpster fire for so many years. This has been the category in past years where 50% of your category is William H Macy who's not bad on Shameless but is the most irritating part of Shameless and so it's frustrating to see him get nominations. Don Cheadle gets nominated for a show that nobody knows exists because he won an Oscar. And, and you've no got Matt LeBlanc exists. on episodes, and
0: yeah, it was like and Jim Parsons for big Bang theory like that that was again what I was kind of talking about with the supporting actor in a drama where lead actor comedy is probably the worst example of that, like the most irritating example because it was for a long time like the same crop of people, and they could be funny, they give great performances, but it becomes a really boring Emmy race when it's really the same people year after year, and you're kind of like, let's add some new flesh in here i mean you got like will forte for last man on earth which i think is a great nomination but even that great. show i feel like is kind of uh in its falter stage
2: i don't agree i don't know i was never really on board with it so eh.
0: i think it's good of... i just haven't been as into it mm-hmm. as i was in the first, first half season.
3: first half of season two maybe um i think the sudeca stuff was handled very well and it was always entertaining on that part. For sure. It but got well, dark, too. Yes. Crazy.
2: Okay, guys. Um, has anybody still processed fully that Louis Anderson yes. actually got an Emmy nomination for Baskets?
3: Amazing. He, Him as Mama Baskets, it was like... Absolutely, I would want to give that an award.
0: I kind of expected that just because it's been the one performance in not even just this category, but in comedy in general, that's been so talked about since the show aired in January, like Louie Anderson's performance has been like the thing that people take away from it, like critics and audiences alike. So I kind of had this like feeling a gut feeling that if it's talked about this much, it's definitely getting some love.
2: I, I, I felt that baskets was just the peak example of, things falling through the cracks in peak tv that uh the that was just nev never been on the emmy radar if you'd given me 50 chances um to list uh the the emmy nominations i don't think i would have would have tried to to nominate louis anderson because it just it feels like one of those nominations that everybody talks about and and beloves but just they they don't get it through their heads to uh to do it and so it's the kind of thing that it gives me hope honestly going forward that you know as, as we have gone through this radical um, transformation in television where there, is, there are now so many more shows than there used to be and obviously uh, the Emmys were having trouble keeping up and they had to learn to be a little less complacent um, this gives me hope going forward that they are going to be a little more on the ball in, um, in maybe figuring out where their blind spots have been and, and trying to to keep track of it all just in the way that, that we are as viewers well said. I felt that way
3: with uh, Aziz Ansari. Everyone was talking about him and Master of None, and I did not think the Academy was going to go for it. Very pleasantly surprised. I would have also liked Noel Wells. Before...
2: Yeah, that would have been nice. I mean, worth noting that the the Emmys nominated, um, what was it, almost, I think, nineteen, twenty people of color um, in the lead acting categories compared to zero at the Oscars. Oof. Um, and like, the TV Academy is obviously um, more aware of that.
3: Oh, well, the people, the people versus OJ Simpson is very good for that. Probably a lot comes from there.
0: I mean, real quick, just it like does, the, the but Tonys I mean, it... too, like you just talk about just the award scope in general, like the Tonys, uh, I read a stat saying that more people of color won Tony awards this past year than have been nominated the past five years of the Oscars
2: yeah that's crazy which
0: like now that I mean, the tonys have shown their diversity and now the emmys like this is, puts a lot more pressure on the oscars to kind of play catch-up and get their head in the game
2: yeah wasn't it wasn't it all four of the musical acting awards this year at the tonys yeah. went to went to people of color yeah which
0: is awesome yeah
2: it is and and yeah really uh like if... <laughs> it's like everybody's now going out of their way to make the uh the to make ampus look uh, look very silly
0: right and like man i it worries me cuz i feel like if the oscars go 3 for 3 nominating all white people in the acting categories like that's going to be bad like there there's no defending it anymore after that
2: yeah, yeah they um you know they're they're obviously taking steps to try to uh correct that they still have a long way to go in diversifying the membership
0: and i feel like that's just not something that's going to happen this time around cuz i mean you have things like birth of a nation and loving and that, uh, fences that won't Denzel Washington and collateral beauty with Will Smith. So there's plenty of chances to get people of color in that, in those categories.
2: Uh, they're going to be so terrified. They're going to nominate Will Smith for suicide squad. (laughs) Um, well anyway, but, but, but back to the, the actual Emmy nominations. Um, speaking of, nominations for for favorite shows that are on right now i was very happy that my favorite show of the moment uh mr robot got a lot of uh emmy love in in a circumstance where again I, I i didn't think necessarily that uh that the buzz specifically on my twitter feed was going to translate um to the actual nominations list and yet uh there it was and i believe that's i, I do believe it is the very first ever um scripted series nomination for usa
3: that's really yeah cool. Monk Monk has never been nominated for that.
2: Yeah, I, I kind of went back to because that was the only other thing I I could think of getting a nomination. Um, I know that shows like Suits and White Collar are well beloved are not getting Emmy love. So um, yeah, there's a uh, there's Mr. Robot in the drama series category, which is pretty cool. I don't um, think it's going to win. Christian Slater okay.
0: didn't get nominated, did he?
2: He didn't, which is uh, which is a little strange. I mean, the Golden Globes don't necessarily have. A bearing on emmy nominations but uh it's unusual that that uh somebody of that status uh winning winning a prominent award uh and and doesn't get himself again into a category that is fairly underwhelming right
0: that was surprising to me
2: well
3: um two things uh laurie metcalf very proud of her for guest actress in horace and pete one of the two *Horace and pete nominations Uh, guest actress in big bang theory and that's
2: what i'm proud of
3: and leading actress in a comedy series for getting
2: on which like good for her and good for that show not just you know like i was pretty pretty convinced that like last year when niecy nash got nominated in supporting actress and there were eight people in that category that it was just kind of a you know a weird little blip and that was the the two percent rule really going into overdrive, and uh, no, not a not a mistake. I mean, definitely the the power of HBO at work. But uh, yeah, really, really happy for Laurie Metcalf. Um Really hope she wins that uh, that award for Horace and Pete. Do you find it weird
0: that she was the only performance nominated for Horace and Pete? Because I really thought they were pushing Alan Alda to get something out of that.
2: Definitely thought if they were gonna no- notice the show at all, it would be Alan Alda.
0: Like they really didn't notice the show. At all, for the most part, which really, in retrospect, doesn't surprise me, because it was self-funded by Louis C.K., and apparently the show ended up, like, bankrupting him, and, like, he didn't have a whole (laughs) lot of money for a campaign, so we just, like, sent out DVD copies, so it really just relied on if you watched it or not, and maybe they had, like, some bias against, like, self-funded, independent website series yeah, kind of thing, but, uh, I I haven't watched it 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 yet, but I have, um... I've watched like interviews with Lucy K talk about the show and it really gets me excited to start it at some point.
2: Yeah. um, It's a, it's a good show. And, and certainly Lori Metcalf, I mean, is she is the entire episode that she's in and, uh, and it's just fantastic. Um, Bold prediction. Um, Could she, could she win lead actress in a comedy? Can she beat Julie Louis-Dreyfus?
3: Is Amy Schumer in that one too? Yes. Which she does not deserve it because the season was kind of lazy.
2: No, and I she didn't win last year. It's not happening this year. No.
3: Uh, Julie Dreyfus. I think she's just always going to win whenever she's in there.
2: Yeah. I mean, Laura Metcalf is, she was kind of the, uh, the Allison Janney of her day. It, it, it uh, requires
3: people to watch Getting On. I'm not sure if the Academy is doing it.
2: Um, well, they're going to have to watch an episode. She's
3: great. She's great on it. I really enjoy the show. Um, But I I don't think she's going to take away from Julia Dreyfus. Part of me really wants to predict Ellie Kemper.
0: I know it's probably not going to happen, but that's like a personal side of me. That's just like, I really love her and
3: Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. And I think it's great that she got in.
2: I was happy, yeah, because last year I wanted her to get a nomination.
3: A definite possibility, I would say. I think Ellie Kemper is the best thing about that show. Like I'm I I wouldn't necessarily nominate the show, but I would go on my way to nominate Ellie Kemper. Oh yeah. Um, she, yeah, she brings it all yeah. together. It's her
0: performance that sells, like, it, it's a weird character, and she sells it completely.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't want to ru- rule out Ellie, Lori Metcalf because, we you know, three nominations this year. Um, you know, I went back to look at how many uh, nominations she had for Roseanne. Four nominations, three wins wow. for Roseanne. Dang. Um, Great. Which has been, it's been a while, but, you know, they obviously haven't forgotten her. Um, I think if anybody's your dark horse there, it's her, even, you know, even for yeah. sure, like getting on that, not a lot of people know, Roseanne was um, the most
3: popular show on TV, but it was, so,
2: <laughs> you know, it's, uh, yeah. Um, anyone else got, got other little tidbits of just, uh, of note that they want you know, anything that particularly made you happy that we haven't covered yet? Not necessarily
0: something that made me happy, but there's an interesting stat that I learned after reading more about these nominations that I think you guys will find interesting. Uh, So now, with David Schwimmer's nomination in The People vs. O.J. Simpson, Courtney Cox is now officially not only the only actor to not get a nomination for Friends, but the only in that group to not get a nomination outside of Friends either. Really? What did Jennifer Aniston
3: get? I'm not sure. Um, guest actress in uh in that guest act. You know what it is? That, it's guest actress
2: show? in that horrible Thirty Rock episode. Yeah. Oh really? I thought it was that yeah. that Courtney Cox show. Dirt was it? Was it called? Was it Dirt? Yes, that was it. Dirt on FX. <laughs> so I
0: just thought yeah. that was pretty interesting.
2: That is actually that's very interesting. Yeah.
3: That is interesting. Wow. Yeah. Give her something for Scream. So, so
2: Matt LeBlanc did get nominated for MTV Friends. Movie that's Award for Scream
3: or something. Yeah. She must have gotten that And I it's guess Matt Perry's other nomination would have
2: Come from West Wing She's good in that
0: But uh, yeah everything else was kind of Business as usual Like we talked about everything That was kind of a surprise to me Everything else I kind of saw coming Or if I didn't see coming I had time to process it And I get why it was nominated now
2: Yeah A um, couple of things we should touch on um, Or that I, that I want to First of all uh absolutely was converted to the the american crime movement in season two and i was really happy that lily taylor got a nomination um in the elite actress uh in a limited series category um judith light got a supporting nomination for for transparent Ooh. that was a nomination i was banking on last yep. year and didn't happen even among the the eight nominated um uh performances i think that um you know so that's that's awesome that she got in this year um and i think that we have glossed over probably the the absolute nuttiest nomination um of all of things that that never in a million years would i predicted happen and did happen in the best possible way how in the hell did catastrophe manage to get a writing nomination wow. that is that is wonderful
3: i love that show yeah and yeah, like yeah, that yeah.
2: is you know amazon streaming not of american origin nope that is that is crazy like i just you know the kind of thing that makes me want to just applaud the emmy voters it's showing that the emmy voters
0: are actually watching the shows now like i know emmy voters get like a bad rep and like oh they just watch like the clips that people send out or just like the little reels and everything or like they just kind of vote on who they know already that's why there's a lot of repeats but i think if we take anything away from this group of nominations they're so diverse and different than what they've been in the past it's really showing that the voters are watching the shows no matter what the network yeah. or streaming service is.
2: Right. And I think that's also true of Unreal got a Ready nomination on the drama side, which also is like... Yeah, obviously shows they're paying attention because if they weren't, I think they could just say like, well, that's on Lifetime. We're not going to nominate that. Yeah.
3: Um, I mean, um, Catastrophe was created by Rob Delaney who is, I guess, she's like a Twitter favorite and uh, Sharon Horgan um, who... She also created, uh, this fall, she has a HBO series, Divorce, with uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. And yeah, I'm
2: looking forward to that. I'm pretty
3: sure that's like going to be like an Emmy contender next year, because it's Sarah Jessica Parker, it's HBO. Yeah, for her, for sure, I feel like sure. it's, yeah. it's going to get in there.
2: Yeah, and that was a show I didn't really have much interest in until I learned that Sharon Horgan created it. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, okay, well, looks good. I mean, I'll, I'll check it out. I wish
0: that they would let more things from hulu and cw in there because i would have really loved to have seen some love for casual and things like difficult Same. people
3: yeah I, i'm not surprised by no love for Dif- difficult people it's a very it's the show is not accessible for yeah people I,
0: i'm not surprised to... by it either i would just i would on a personal note i would love to see because there are some great guests in that show too that oh nathan lane, like nathan lane the second episode was very good what
2: Casual was a disappointment for me because I feel like Michaela Watkins is one of those people where, like, once the Emmys figure out who she is, they will fall in love with her and nominate her for everything they possibly can for the rest of her life. Like, she will become a Margot Martindale-type figure, maybe. Um, It's a
0: performance that's, like, tailor-made to get Emmy nominated. Like, that's not to say anything bad. Like, I love her and that show, and I love the show. But it's a show where I look at it and I say, if this was on something like i don't know nbc or something like that like she would be nominated i feel
2: i think it's true it's a woman whose life is kind of falling apart and she is you know um reinventing herself at a certain age and experimenting sexually i think that yeah definitely that's the kind of thing that is like emmy bait
0: also uh two big snubs uh we're talking about like surprise that did get in Two things that I was surprised that did not get in were uh, Rachel Bloom for a Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and yeah. anything for uh, Orange Is the New Black.
2: Right. Yeah, Orange Is the New Black was uh, was thrown in the garbage this year, um, <laughs> which I did not like. I didn't really like season three of Orange Is the New Black, but I didn't think it deserved to lose all of its nominations. I mean, Uzo Aduba, who won two years in a row, is now just not nominated.
0: It was a big mistake to put it in comedy and then switch it to drama, because oh, there was a yeah. big. Uh, uh, decrease in nominations it got after that like it, it dominated when it was in the comedy series yep. and then drama series it got like four major nominations i think i, I don't know off the top of my head i think
2: so yeah and
0: now just like <clears throat> almost nothing so it, it's it just goes to show that the, i think that switching category really hurt it
2: i think it's only nomination this year might have been casting i think that might have been literally it also think, just uh, a
0: decreasing quality i feel too
2: but Definitely, and it's it that is the the problem with the shows that debut immediately after the eligibility period is like how much does the buzz affect the show because I think that this past season of Orange is probably either people think of it as the best season yet or maybe the second best season yet, and people were really loving it and talking about it during the voting period, and yet um even though it was not for the same season it didn't it didn't translate so. It could
0: also have to do with the fact that it came out so late in the game, too. Like it didn't really have time to generate any kind of buzz before voting happened.
2: It's yeah, it's it's definitely possible. Yeah, Bram, how do you how do we feel that uh, that the bubble burst? Unfortunately, for well, the bubble burst in a way for Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, although Crazy Ex-Girlfriend uh, did get four nominations, which I just yes, started watching, fair. and I Crazy I am Ex- a fan. Girl-
3: Crazy Ex-Girlfriend was kind of like the flavor of the month, uh, so you knew that. Um, Golden Glows were going to go after it. I definitely didn't expect the Emmys to go after it just because it was always the underdog on TV. And now we see it moving to Friday nights and I'm a bit worried because an Emmy nomination um, where it would be like right in the front where everyone would know about it was definitely what I would hope for or like it's going to Friday nights. Like is it going to die there or is it going to be like the most popular show on Friday night? Um, Is it with the, um, is it Paired of no tomorrow.
2: No, it's paired with uh, Vampire Diaries. Okay, well that's not so bad then, is it? Before Vampire yeah. Diaries, uh, it's on after at nine o'clock.
3: Okay, that might be okay then.
2: I think honestly, I think that it speaks to the fact that the CW knows that what that show can do and is going to keep it in an out of the way spot. Okay, and uh, and I'm happy that it um, I'm you know it'll it'll be just fine on Fridays. I think in the way that uh, Fringe lived on for a number of years on Fox on Friday nights and. Fr- Fox didn't have to worry about it. Um can we predict by the way right now that What's her face, the lead of No Tomorrow, will win the Golden Globe next year?
3: Oh, that's no Uh, (laughs) question. If it's if it actually is a good show. I think it looks fun. It uh the Golden Globes don't give awards to
0: people who are in bad movies and shows. Never. Never. (laughs) Ever.
2: They would never nominate Thomas Jane for Han.
3: Johnny Johnny Depp for the Tourists
0: yeah oh, wait God. are we gonna fight here
2: i i like hunger
0: and the tourists getting a best picture nomination in that so they could like put it on the box like that pisses me off every time i see it i'll, I'll be walking through like best buy and the tourists will just come up to haunt me and right smack dab in the middle of that case is nominated for three golden globe awards including best picture
2: i'll get you best comedy picture <laughs> oh we did it really
0: yeah it wasn't it
3: was even drawn, a comedy it was comedy oh man Ricky Gervais had a lot of fun with that one. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. <sighs> okay, um, speaking of uh, comedy and variety, um, how have you guys been keeping up with Maya and Marty? The I have was, not. Was... That's
0: how I've been keeping up with it. <laughs> not about it for that long. <laughs> I, uh, uh, I was on Netflix. It's on Netflix, right? I don't think so. Or, there was some site I was going through, and what network is it on? It's NBC, right? NBC. Mm-hmm. It was probably NBC.com then. I was just, like, surfing through. And right on the site, it said season finale of uh, Maya and Marty. And I was shocked because I just feel like that show aired, like, last month. Yeah, it's already they... on to a finale.
3: <laughs> yeah. They and, only and did six episodes. End of May. May 31st or something. Yeah. Um, they did one week off. But, yeah, and I thought it would be, like, well, it's a summer why wouldn't you air for the summer? And then I realized that the Olympics are
2: in August. Yeah. And with the, with the, con- basically the two conventions are next week. So the 10 PM hour is, is booked solid. Yeah.
0: I almost and- feel like it would work better as a winter show, to be honest with you. Like, it seems like it's that kind of like warm, intimate performance type, like kind of like the vibe yeah. of very Murray Christmas was except for yeah. better.
3: And the ratings held up. I feel like, you might as well bring it back. Like I don't feel like it, it. It pulled like four million each episode, didn't it,
2: Brendan? Pretty much. It didn't. It didn't too too badly for uh, the show's got to be cheap. So. Yeah,
0: I knew that it was kind of in a rut, like uh, buzz wise. When I would get notifications every day because it it shoots in New York, yeah. And so I would be on like uh, Show Clicks or whatever ticketing system they use for that show, and they would every week they would have tickets available for it. Like they would never be sold out.
3: Oh, man. And usually yeah.
0: for shows like Colbert and Jimmy Fallon and all that stuff, it's like you have to book these, like, months in advance, and it's so difficult yeah. to get But for this show, it was like they had to struggle to get people in seats, which uh, is go never good... Week. I mean, that was the same thing with uh, Best Time Ever. Like, they were basically giving those tickets away. <laughs>
2: <laughs> They're paying people to sit in the audience. <laughs> I heard about... oh well, um, that's, the, uh, la- that's wha- the curse of Studio 6A, is that sometimes <laughs> it's hard to fill the seats in there.
3: I, I heard... Um... Last call of Carson Daly, uh, when that was, I mean, he, now he's like a documentary, like interview sort of show uh-huh. where it's actually kind of it's, it's interesting sometimes. He'll always but, uh, have when work. he started those first he does few so years, much. like, sorry,
0: I'm just saying he'll always have work. He's always doing like some. He does the TV voice is great for him. That's he has like Today a Today show. show every year.
3: But um, when he started first few years, and I watched it because I watched Conan, um, he. He did like a traditional like talk show, and it's it strange yeah. for Carson Daly because he doesn't have comedy chops, and here he is hosting a talk interview show half an hour, one thirty-five to to two o five. It's
2: crazy, and well, I thought I, you were going to mention the uh, the the. Do you know this bit of trivia about his audience?
3: I th- I feel like we're going in the same direction, but I yeah. This, well, is, go, go ahead. this is this is something I know. I don't I don't think I, like, I have a source on it, but. I guess it's just based on stuff I heard while listening to Howard Stern. I don't know if if like what what do you uh, what were you gonna say?
2: Well, I was gonna say the 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 bit of trivia I'd always heard was that um, after Carson Daly moved to LA, um, the he didn't actually have his own audience. His audience was just the Ellen audience. Oh wow! <laughs> That's funny. Uh, did you have you? You heard a variation of that or no, something No, I different?
3: just when he was in New York, uh, similar amazing. to Maya and Marty, he was not able to fill the seats at all even though it wasn't a big room and yeah. it's far from the days of TRL. Uh and uh basically what happened was uh like they would get people off the, like they would like get people on on the street and they would just bring them in. And I feel like sometimes it was like homeless people that they would get in there to fill to fill the audience, yeah. give them a warm meal. Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> And I'm sure they were doing that with... Um, I know they got interns to fill the seats in, in the Conan audience the first few years when he was struggling. Um, no, I don't remember where I heard that fact, but I I, I thought... It, what I heard is that the when you go to a taping of... Back in the day when it used to be in this format, you'd go to a taping of the Ellen DeGeneres show, and then they would have that audience... like They would be like, if anybody wants to come to the Carson Daly taping too, you can also get into that for free.
3: Yeah, and and by the way, like if you... Um, the thing of Maya Marty, like if you're in 30 rock, I feel like why, it wouldn't be that hard to like, just get people that are browsing the NBC experience store and just say, Hey, do you want to watch, uh, do you want to watch like Martin Short and My Rudolph? Do you want to watch, um, like you yeah. could get, like you could get people that are just browsing the store. Like, yeah, I want to watch well, the show.
2: And the thing is, that's where they have people line up for those shows. Yeah. Like the people who actually have tickets do line up in the store. And I think that is so that other people can say, Oh, what's this? What's happening here?
3: Yeah. I did the tour. It's pretty fun. It's overpriced. Did it on a week. Yeah. Did it on a Saturday when SNL was was off, which was sad.
2: Yeah, uh, I did it on a Saturday too. But Saturday's good because Saturday sometimes you get to see the good stuff that you don't see on other days. I remember we saw the Jimmy Fallon studio, and they told us that you don't see that on other days.
3: Yeah, I sat in the uh, the Conan studio. It was, this was a, quite a few years ago.
2: Oh, I'm jealous. I got to sit in the Conan seats. It was very. No... It was very small, and I, I believe I, I Dr. in all two...
3: the studios. Doctor Oz, I think, is is what's there now but it, uh, it was
2: it's actually my and marty yeah oh is it? it it used to be dr oz and then he moved somewhere else and then it was the it was the meredith Vieira show which isn't on anymore and so uh now so, 6a is my yeah
3: sat in there it is shockingly small um, yeah
2: 6b is tiny for sure
3: conan looked like like a huge set and actually sitting in there it'll would, it would be like i would enjoy like seeing a show in here because it feels very
2: intimate I sat in those seats, um, it wasn't actually, there was no Conan Studio, because I went in like 2010, yep. but, uh, but I, I went to, they have a little thing where they kind of sit you in this room and somebody gets to do like a fake newscast, um, and the seats in there are the old Conan seats, so I enjoy wow. getting to sit in those chairs. Okay. Um, that was a hardcore nerd sidebar, but. Yeah, uh, I feel like
3: we gotta
0: do Ghostbusters. I was going to bring up bill simmons talk show when you mentioned intimate sets but we can gloss over that okay
2: <laughs> have you i only watched one episode of that yeah
0: just a quick uh, a quick thing i uh, i've watched two episodes i think it's a. Uh, um i'm not i'm not really a sports guy i don't think any of us are and that's what he talks no, about no. mostly but i think his interviews are very good the set is very good and he knows what he's talking about in all kinds of topics so i'm a fan of the show even if i'm not a on board for most of the discussion that's Brendan my seems to
3: be a, somewhat of a basketball fan
2: I'm a mild sports fan and the thing is I'm even a mild like I'm even generally a, a fan of the same teams that Bill Simmons is and but in a, in a way I think that makes me find Bill Simmons like all the more insufferable yeah <laughs> because he doesn't seem to understand that like the teams you know his beloved underdogs are actually now unbeatable like domineering forces he, he definitely rubs so, people
0: the wrong way and i feel like that's like at this point it's partly a character
2: yeah yeah and i mentioned
3: on the last show that i was going to uh, oklahoma city and i did and the last day i was there was i guess the day that kevin durant was traded was uh well he was he left the the, the uh the thunder
1: yeah mm-hmm.
3: so i just saw a lot of people looking at their phones and like throwing things and and crying. being super mad because his face was everywhere there
2: yeah, for sure. Setting garbage cans on fire. Uh, not
3: quite that, but
2: anyway, yeah, yeah. we
0: can uh, we can move on from that. That's really all I had to say about that show.
3: Okay, um, let's do Ghostbusters, and we probably have to keep it a bit tighter because we're over the hour mark now. Um, but in general, what were your feelings? You know, good, bad, disappointing? Uh, did it ruin your childhood? Talk.
2: Uh, um, other things
0: I... ruined my childhood, not Ghostbusters. <laughs>
2: i was I was outraged by this movie that they had the the audacity to to remake this beloved iconic classic with ladies. give me a break
0: <laughs> one of the ladies is the one that I'm staring at right now in your picture
2: Ah, oh, yes kate uh yes our beloved kate mckinnon um i I quite like this movie i uh it's been a long time since I've seen the original one. I don't remember a ton about it, Um, certainly was not evangelical about it, because I think that people who are evangelical about the original Ghostbusters are, um, I don't don't understand that, Um, but but the thing is that this movie should stand on its own, and it should be, it it doesn't have to be endlessly compared to the original anyway, Um, I thought this movie was a lot of fun. Uh, Could it have been funnier? Absolutely it could have been. Um, Not a perfect movie by any means, by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, this cast had chemistry for days. Um, Paul Feig knows how to use, um, particularly Melissa McCarthy, as well as Kristen Wiig uh, quite well. Um, Yeah, what did you guys think?
0: Christian? It was pretty much in line with what I thought it would be and what I wanted it to be, and that was just a fluffy, light, entertaining comedy, which is exactly what I got out of it. It's nothing groundbreaking. It's nothing that uh, should offend anybody or that people should be like rushing out to the theater to go see. But for a night out, it provides a lot of entertainment. And uh, what really sells it are the four leading ladies who work really well together. And I really hope that uh, Kate McKinnon and Leslie Jones can become full-on movie stars because of it, because they deserve it
2: yeah by the way special f you to all the people who were complaining about um oh leslie jones character and what a stereotype she was based on like i don't know two seconds of the trailer i thought she was a very well realized and and multi-layered character who you know she is she has all the historical knowledge about everything um you know obviously a very different type of MTA worker than I think you usually see. This is a woman who obviously actually cares about her job and likes people. She
0: surprised she... me the most out of the cast yeah. because when I saw the trailer, I thought that she was going to be the one that annoyed me the most because not that I don't like her in SNL. I think she, she works in SNL. She's very funny but she is the loud larger than life woman in like every, every sketch that she's in. And it seemed like she was doing a lot of that here in this movie, and I just thought, oh, is she just going to be yelling and screaming right. throughout this whole thing? But she actually downplayed a lot of it and ended up being, yeah, like you said, a more well-realized character and not just a sketch yeah. figure.
3: Yeah, and that and that was in the trailer where you felt like she was going to be like the outrageous Leslie Jones that she is, uh, like when she's on Wicked Update, like she's like, she's, yeah, when she's like slapping
0: point. Melissa McCarthy and all that. You're just like, oh, oh yeah. is this what it's going to be the she,
3: entire time? Any point she's on yeah. the show, but she was very toned down, and that, and when she would be like Leslie Jones, which it was still a very toned down version of Leslie Jones, uh, it was hilarious, and like I had a friend say like, "This she's already my favorite character," like her the stuff she said, her one-liners were great, and yeah. just be- because it was a more toned down character, and you know it's like the first we've seen like a real like acting chops from her, and I think. Like, she's great. I don't know what range she has to be in, like, other movies or to be, like, a movie star at this point, but I think she did really well in this role. Um, and I, I also did, I really love the movie. I, I loved it probably more than most people. Uh, I just felt like there's really no point to overpraise the original. It's, it's its own thing. Maybe I would have liked, um, the paths that it went down to be a little bit different, but I felt that it was just very funny. And as a, um as like a sci-fi horror movie, it it was scary.
2: De- definitely scary. Yeah, that Wood stuff that was horrifying. Yeah. Oh, I know. And
3: yeah. and as a three D movie, the three D was like surprisingly great. I don't know if you saw it yeah. in three D
2: go see this movie in 3d i wouldn't say that about a lot of movies this is one you should see in 3d spend the extra few bucks i
0: convinced jason osiason shout out to him to first (laughs) because i saw it with him in new
3: york to not see it in 3d because i didn't want to pay the extra money (laughs) (laughs) no it's good in 3d Uh, although new york ticket prices are are a bit
2: crazy yeah it's a little different than where i live yeah i I think the thing that
0: I find so bizarre about all the outrage for this movie's existence is that we get so many sequels and reboots now, especially like in the comedy realm, like we have The Hangover 2 and Horrible Bosses 2, like movies that have no business being sequels or remakes. But this is definitely the type of material where I want a franchise out of it, where there's so many possibilities in the realm of ghosts and people fighting them and having new technologies and then like Haunting people's homes and buildings, like it, it lends itself to being a franchise. I don't know why people just want to contain it yeah. to one thing.
3: Yeah, yeah, and also in the movie, um, it was mostly them building up their team and going to different sites and getting ghosts. Like they didn't actually um, exploit their services as a business as they do in as they do in the original Ghostbusters. Like they 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 don't get to that point. So I feel like. You do a second movie, and they are known, and, you know, they're fully funded, and they are actually, like, going out on jobs, and, and you know, like, being in business and doing commercials. Like, like, this is, like, stuff that, it opens up the world. Like, this is a good origin movie for the Ghostbusters. Speaking of that, it, it
0: kind of segues into something I wanted to bring up, and I don't know if you guys will agree. Uh, when you said origin, that kind of reminded me of my thoughts when I left. It kind of feels like, for better and for worse, this is, like ghostbusters if marvel studios had done it because you have the origin story the team coming together i kind of have the same problems with this movie as i do a marvel movie where it's like a weak villain um few of the some of the humor is kind of off you have like the big climactic fight in new york city at the end like it definitely had beats of a superhero movie to me
2: yeah oh i mean I I do agree with that, that it is, it definitely in some cases felt like it, it had the, it was, it was less a comedy as it was like there was some comic relief in this action movie, kind of. I mean, they even have like a training
0: um, montage too, which I thought was interesting.
2: Yeah. And, and yeah, I agree with you on weak villain. What do you think of the choice to make the villain in this movie? Um, SNL writer, Neil Casey, who like, <laughs> even I had to Google.
0: He's not bad. He's just very poorly written. Like, it, it's just, even if you like him and his performance, like, it's just a very poorly realized bad guy because there's really no motivation i mean i don't know i i'm losing my words here but it just came off as very weak it just it felt like they didn't have a villain originally when this movie was being made and then they were like oh we need some guy who the ghostbusters are fighting at the end so they threw him Mm -hmm. into some scenes and tried to tie it together it didn't really seem like he fit with the rest of the
3: story I mean, it was very much like, you know, your weak villain who is being amplified by, like, supernatural powers, uh, Ghostbusters 2, I guess it was Peter McNichol, um, who I hate in that movie, he's just so annoying, um, great on beef, though, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, he. I, I would agree, he does seem like a, a thrown together, together vill- villain, um, but... You know, part of the thrill for me with this movie, and I feel like it's a case for all of uh, Paul Fee's movies, um, he clearly casts people he like, and he clearly gets people from, like, the, um, the Upright Citizens Brigade uh, kind of, like, school. Like, Neil Casey's from there, and you get, like, like uh, Matt Walsh and... Uh, or the writer, and, uh, Kate uh,
0: Dipple, I think her last name is. She, uh, yeah, she Kate was she wrote the... the uh, U, but she also started off at UCB.
2: Yeah, well, that's yeah, probably why. She was in their... Uh, maybe, maybe she's responsible for that. She was like their, their realtor.
3: Yeah. Yes. Um, You got yeah, like Sam Richardson, who's in all movies nowadays. Like so many great... so many uh, in people in here. There was, yes, he's, yeah, a was a cop, like he's a cop. He's cop that gets punched. punched. From
2: oh, I did not recognize him at all.
3: Yeah, like uh, Melina Weintraub is in there as a rat subway yeah, woman. Yeah, see if he's
2: if he's wearing a hat. I can't. I don't recognize uh, <laughs> Sam Richardson, obviously. And as a comedy Racist. fan,
0: that's what I respect about Paul Feig as a director the most. Is he just he trusts all these funny people that he knows because he he just he's so well connected in the comedy world that he just loves casting these funny people who he know can make people laugh and provide energy to these movies and then let them like mm-hmm. obviously you have the script but they just it's, it's a fun environment to do improv and work things into scenes and try to do different things like i don't know I, after hearing interviews with him and reading up on stuff about him i've become to respect him even if i don't love all of his movies like i think bridesmaids is pretty overrated i'm not a big fan of the heat but i love spy and this movie is very good i, I do think he's a very talented guy and he's definitely someone that i would personally want to work with
3: Definitely.
2: Yeah, I um, definitely like this is a movie bursting at the seams with with TV friends, you know. Whether it's you know, like you said, Zach Woods to Michael Kenneth Williams, um, Cecily Strawn is used very well in in this movie. Uh, I uh, I really like her. Okay, well, well, go ahead. I
0: I think it's fun that she was in the movie, but that's about it. Like, I feel like that, like that's it. She was just there. I don't feel like she added anything to that character. I don't know if there was anything you could add to that character because it was she was so uh, minimally used.
2: I just thought she had some fun. Okay, was she deputy mayor or was she like the mayor's PR person?
0: It seemed like she was like an assistant. Like she would just go around and like do the mayor's dirty work. I guess that's like a PR person, but
2: okay, I couldn't really tell what exactly her like official capacity was. But I just, I thought she had a lot of fun um, playing the. Uh, the the kind of evils of of PR and uh, I just think that's like a very a very liked, smart use. I like her role. Strong.
3: I mean, maybe she's like her talents are a, bit, are a bit wasted, but she knows how to be that condescending sort of personality when she needs to be. It's it worked for me. Um, yeah, I,
2: I just I think that she's she is a good person. You know, to deliver a line like you know, like obviously the mayor thanks you, not publicly, like not you know, not yeah. any way, like above board. Yeah, but, I uh, mean,
0: yeah, stuff like that is fine. Like I get what you guys are saying, but I guess. With her being one of the best parts about SNL, when she's in a movie, I kind of expect her to be given a little more to do, and especially that this is actually I don't know if you guys have seen The Boss, but this is the second movie that she's the second Melissa McCarthy movie that she's in. She plays. Uh, uh, I did not see that Kristen Bell's boss in uh, in The Boss, and Michael
3: McDonald from Mad TV is in The Boss too, I believe.
0: Yeah, and like <laughs> even in that movie, she's just like not given much to do it's kind of just like oh another snl person and that's how i felt she was right. in this movie a little bit
3: it was very significant that um ghostbusters um like the first the first the, the original ghostbusters they got like sctv sctv guy and two people that um had been on snl like four years before that well dan akard wrote it um but like this one you have like one alumni um, yeah, you know, Melissa McCarthy, who hosted like a bunch of times. She but might had as well are, been a
0: cast member. Two,
3: pe- two people that are currently on the show and a featured player, which is completely unheard of. Um, like uh, last year, when when it was announced, like she had just started on the show, so yeah. it, it was quite a shock. Um, I, yeah, I think
0: it's super cool looking at the rise of Kate McKinnon and Leslie Jones.
3: Yeah, yeah and then you look at Cecily Strong and, and Cecily Strong yeah. Like, you wonder if she was a consideration on, on like, being a Ghostbuster. Cecily, I,
2: I have heard Cecily Strong was considered for the cast.
3: Yeah, it's it's to almost like, core, make it up to you, friend. like, I know, I'm sorry you're not a Ghostbuster, but here, play the mayor's assistant. Which I feel like has I mean, got know, a
0: sting that... a little bit, like, having to do a scene with your SNL castmates when they're right across from you, and you're yes. not one of the Ghostbusters. Absolutely.
2: I mean, if you think maybe it's like got to sing anytime she does a Weekend Update character now, you know.
3: Like Leslie just got on there, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. She has to feel that.
2: Um, I mean, I, I kind of think that, like, I would compare this Cecily Strawn performance to, like, Kristen Wiig's role in Knocked Up. Like, it's not much, but it, it at least is, like, a good indication that, like, the movies know who she is. And um, and she will get bigger and better things. Okay, I, um,
0: when you put it that way, and, I can see why she, why you looked at her that way.
2: Yeah, and I mean, like, I, I I think this is a very strong overall use of Kristen Wiig in this movie, who is I think always best used as, as more of a straight man type. Um, I I'm, I just I don't remember a time recently where I really liked her as as the zany and wacky one. Like, I think that that was a a role best suited for for Kate McKinnon. Yeah, I think Kristen Wiig like, is funnier one. when
0: she's the straight woman, actually.
2: Yeah, when she is like disapproving of what's going on around her, I think that that is She has uh, great reactions
0: to things like that other people yeah. are doing. Like she doesn't necessarily have to be doing anything funny, but her reacting to what's going on around her is what makes her unique.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um we we touched on the the original cast. How did you feel about their cameos in this movie?
3: Um the Bill Murray was too much it was it was kind of annoying
2: really um, you thought so i think Uruguay they should have to... kept it
0: at the tv yes and when he came probably up, true which i guess I we should uh, when they went. are we doing like a spoiler yeah. disclaimer here or i guess that's uh, too late
2: we I... can I... attach one to the little text on iTunes. i don't that feel that says like we really spoiled anything get into it yeah i mean i mean no we really haven't yeah, yeah. Uh, i feel like okay cause... if you if you want to know absolutely nothing about this movie don't keep listening <laughs> you just can't i feel back,
0: like do like Bill Murray has yeah. two scenes. I feel like if they just yeah. used the one scene when he was being interviewed on TV, that would have been fine. Because even I was, I was, I had a big smile on my face like seeing the skeptic character that he was playing. But then he showed up in real life to their place and like yeah. convinced them to let the ghost out. I thought that was a little too much.
2: I thought he was okay. I I, I agree with you in that in that aspect. Um, I thought it was like an amusing way to use him. Um, the one cameo that for me that was absolutely too much, I mean, to have Dan Aykroyd actually say, I ain't afraid of no ghosts, uh. come on.
0: And didn't it was he, okay, didn't wait, he wait, wait. say the type of ghost sure. that it was, too? Like he was like, oh, come on, it's, uh... It's yeah, what he what knew.
2: It's, a, it's only a class, class five. Class five,
0: yeah. Yeah, like, the fact that he yeah. said, I ain't afraid of no ghosts, and he knew it was a class five, me. like, th- that's definitely, like, poking into it, like, oh, it's the same character, but it's not, which is super frustrating.
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. is that guy really driving a cab now yeah
0: like I didn't know what to I make of that so. I was like are they trying yeah, I also to f- allude to the fact that he's the same person or
3: yeah and also when like the skeptic Very came when Bill Murray came like in person with them I felt like they were going to do like oh he's actually Peter Venkman and he like changed his identity or something like I felt like they were actually going to go for that but uh, I'm glad they didn't because that would have been crazy which i guess
2: probably had the best cameo of anybody that was pretty low key. yeah probably
0: is my big criticism with the cameos in general is just they were like tiptoeing between trying to be nostalgia and being their own thing and it just kind of they couldn't decide which they wanted to be so they tried to have like dip their toes in
3: the water ozzy Osbourne, i forgot about this horrible
2: (laughs) oh yeah yeah what was that was very strange weird (laughs) And and I and I thought originally obviously filmed pre the the breakup with Sharon yeah. but um I have heard they've reconciled I don't know. I need that. Yeah, I wouldn't know. Not a not a good use of uh you know not not an essential part of my Ghostbusters viewing experience.
0: Uh one thing I think we need to mention about the about this movie is that it opened with 46 million domestically. Um I think I heard somewhere that Paul Feig said it needs to make Five hundred million globally to for them to greenlight a sequel. Do you guys think it's still possible? And what would you guys like to see in a sequel if it were to happen?
3: Um, I don't. I don't necessarily know if it's going to make it enough for the sequel uh, because we have uh, Star Trek coming out next week, and I yeah, feel like it would be buried. It. Um, it, it's also bad that it's not coming out in China because if they did uh believe in ghosts <laughs> uh it could have made some good money there but also the original didn't either um yeah. so it's it, it's it's relying a lot on the domestic box office we'll see about the, the rest of the world china is just a huge market to uh yeah. to, and
0: i to don't think it's out completely i just think it, it's 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 a long shot but i think it still has a chance
2: It's going to be tough. Um, The budget, I think the budget on this movie is, like, I don't... Did they really need $144 million or whatever it was to make this movie? Like, I think they could do a budget or a sequel with, you know, like, why couldn't they do that on $100 million? Which is
0: odd because, like we were saying before with the cast, most of these are TV actors. Like, I can't imagine Kate McKinnon and Leslie Jones cost that much to have in this movie. And same with, like, the supporting cast, like uh, Matt Walsh and Zach Woods and everything. So it kind of... Makes you think, like, what actually did they spend this budget on? Like, it couldn't have been I the mean, entire I noticed, final act.
1: I,
2: I, yes. mean, I mean, yeah, visual effects, you think? I mean, I noticed in the end credits that Leslie Jones and Kate McKinnon shared an assistant. So they are clearly, clearly have not reached that level of, of prominence yet.
1: Yeah,
0: I hope they didn't pay the marketing team for this movie that much money because they do not deserve it.
2: I've heard that they a lot of money was spent on marketing.
3: Ugh. It's Sony. I know. Maybe, um, maybe there'll be another hack again, and we'll learn more. But yeah, maybe maybe uh, they'll
0: they'll sell this to Marvel, like they did Spider-Man.
2: The uh, I mean the thing that from what I've heard is that from from what I've read is that uh, Paul Feig's movies in the last few, particularly with with um, Melissa McCarthy, have had strong staying power. Um I don't think they've gone literally up against a star trek movie in the next week but you know from what i what i read is that you know ghostbusters should finish domestically um ideally with with north of 200 million dollars um so you know yeah that that is what i what i read today and so i i think it's going to be i think it's going to be in the theaters for a while yet um i don't think it's going anywhere soon and uh so i think that uh it's not... Yeah, I, I do think they have an uphill battle because they started from such an expensive place that I don't think they... I think they could have found ways to save to save money and done a version of this movie that wasn't so reliant on on maybe the expensive visual effects. Um, For sure, yeah. But we'll see. I don't know. I mean, I, I think maybe that was one of the key selling points of, of remaking this movie now is that because technology had advanced so far, they could... I do a lot more with it, but I don't know if that was necessarily what I needed to see out of this movie.
0: I also think it should have come out in June also, because June, looking back on it, was such a weak month. Yeah. And now, mm-hmm. with it, the weekend that it was released, because you're going up against Secret Life of Pets, which, like, animation now is is proven to be a juggernaut, but now you have, like, yeah. three blockbusters in a row that it has to compete against, with Star Trek, and then Jason Bourne, and then Suicide Squad. Whereas, like, June you didn't have a whole lot of competition. You had, like, the Conjuring 2, Warcraft, Free State of Jones. Like, this could have done really well if it was, like, the second week in June.
3: Central Intelligence yeah. was there, though. It was, but did I don't think it... Did that make think a ton it... of money? It did. It made over 100 Yeah, it's and at, it's like, opening 117 weekend? right no. now. No. <laughs> it made, like, 30 Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think we could wrap this up.
2: All right, yeah. I think that's, uh pretty good ghostbusters K- K- thumbs up go see thumbs it. Up. i think it's interesting uh, Brent... that
0: we found like three people in one podcast who all agree that it's positive
3: yeah like uh, you mentioned jason Ozias, and our friend uh i just want to shout out again um he was very negative <laughs> about it <laughs> especially kate McKinnon. He was... yeah kate mckinnon he pretty much said he was like a cartoon character he said that which um... he is when, yes, which he said like sure, she mean she bad, is acting like she's in a sketch, which I don't agree. Having seen it, I think she was uh, she's not like a grounded character, but she works in the movie as like being a personality. Uh, I liked her a lot. I'm glad that girls are getting their role models in uh, in the female Ghostbusters. That picture um, that was shared over Twitter of the girls dressed as Ghostbusters with Chris oh, so wig uh, I love that. At I the that. premiere I mean... was so adorable. As you said. And, uh.
2: Yeah, there was like a little 10 year old girl about maybe. that age sitting in front of me when I was seeing this movie, and, and she was dancing during the end credits. Yeah. And I thought that it was like. It's just awesome that this movie exists for her to see. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Great. Um.
3: I was going to mention the Jason thing. Uh. So he, he's one of those Adam Sandler apologists that I talk about because I am also an Adam Sandler apologist. Yeah, you <laughs> and are. And he, he referred yep he (laughs) referred to um pixels as being the only good ghostbusters reboot because i agree pixels is a similar movie but to call pixels better than ghostbusters that's ghostbusters it's it should be a thing that that considers you certifiably insane and not to be committed it
0: looked like no joy (laughs) went into making pixels everyone looked so bored and everyone was miscast whereas that's not the case with ghostbusters
3: it's not the case
0: and it, what frustrates me so much is that kind of like what you both were saying, how like girls now have their role models and this movie just ended up being so much fun. People are dancing at the end credits. Like I look at this movie, uh, what it is now, and it has so much potential for growth and to be this big, like pop cultural thing again. And I feel like it, it's probably not going to get a sequel. That just makes me so sad because there's so much room to Hope take the those best. flaws Hope and improve the upon them in the sequel.
2: Yeah. Um Yeah, this is definitely a, a movie that could could turn out a better sequel. So, Brendan, um I
3: don't know if you want to wait until a few weeks from now, but do you have like a truncated
2: Sunday Fun and Games or do you want to wait on that one? Um Sunday Fun and Games is a lineup of game shows on ABC <laughs> and I don't really care about Celebrity Family Feud just because I'm not a Steve Ari fan and No whatever i don't i don't watch the little big shots um you bastard i know i am no, really disappointed in myself um hundred thousand dollar pyramid is fine i find that they're doing a good job a mostly good job except for like anthony anderson of finding people who are really good at that game um which makes it fun um you know they're finding good celebrities and then at other weeks it's 2016 and somehow mario Cantone is still a television personality, and that doesn't really make any sense to me, but whatever. Um, the the new match game with Alec Baldwin is is very fun and actually is, is yes. airing right now. And, uh, yeah, that's that's done three episodes so far, and uh, the contestants on that show are maybe not very good at that game, but uh, again, that's not really the point of that show. Um, Rosie there was a O'Donnell... moment in the
3: first episode... Oh, I was about to mention this.
2: Yeah. Wait, are you going to say the, thing, the Trump thing? No, 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 go ahead. That's what I was going to say. I was gonna say
3: there was a moment in the first episode where um, a Do- Donald Trump came up and uh and rosie o'donnell i guess had, had like her chance to get back at him it's pretty entertaining i don't remember what he said what she, what she said exactly she obviously to alluded to their yeah
2: she obviously alluded to their their high profile feud from for many years back um i just i was gonna say that i think that using her as like the brett summers and having titus as sort of a charles nelson riley cnr and, uh, what's that cmr yeah cnr, or CNR. yeah um you know, that's, uh, that's, uh, really, really smart, um, uh, uh, casting. And, uh, and who's the, who's the other regular that I'm, uh, I'm forgetting about? Uh, Sean Cullen? Um, y- <sighs> you're confusing you're confusing any american listening right now yeah it's sean cullen and deborah de giovanni from, <laughs> can, from canadian match game um maybe it's just the two of them that are the, that are the regulars it's titus and or at least for now titus and, and yeah. Rosie are going to be um and then they, they seem to always have another like snl person on like on a gas star. and bobby Moynihan have been on the last couple of weeks yeah um it's a fun show. They they often have people who are kinda nothing, like Maggie Q. I don't know why you have Maggie Q on that show. Ooh. Other than Maggie Q gotta eat and um uh Pete Wentz was on the show last week, like wow. inexplicably also because like <laughs> who's thought of Pete Wentz? Um for Speaking of Ghostbusters. Okay, so settle settle me this question. So did did Follow Boy write the is is that the new theme? Yeah. Or is it Walk the Moon?
0: It's Fallout. Okay, so Fallout Boy did the like official official new theme for it that like plays during okay. the movie and like it was released pre-release of the movie itself but um, yep. Walk the Moon did like the end credits for it like they did like okay. another okay. variation of it but it wasn't like I the, the I think I might have liked the end
2: credits
3: better I just don't remember it very well
2: I yeah I don't really I couldn't really tell the difference but then when I thought back on it I was like yeah those, those bands kind of sound similar have I have been like they're both boy bands have no, I just been very confused the whole time Pretty yeah. much, yeah. I will admit. But anyway, though, Pete Wentz was on the show. Go ahead. I
0: will admit that the Fallout Boy theme, while I hated it at first, it's kind of growing on
2: me. Yeah. I never really had any opinion. I know, I'm not I didn't hate in it in the movie. for
0: this, but. I mean, I, it's not a good song, but it, I find it more and more catchy the more I listen to it. Like, it's been in my head since I saw the movie, so I don't hate it as yeah.
2: much. Yeah. I definitely never hated it. It just seemed like another thing, to... Yeah, you know, as if we're treating the music of of Ray Parker Jr. or whatever his name is, is right? As something I was just thinking to, to hold on a pedestal, like when it
0: was released before the movie. I was thinking, you want to win over fans, getting Fallout Boy to remake the iconic tune isn't exactly how you're going to do it.
2: Yeah, I mean, when was the last time they were relevant in any way? And I was the thinking there were so many references in this in this match game episode to the fact that like oh pete wentz is obviously this like ladies man and everything and it's like in what decade
3: <laughs> well yeah he had nude pics uh leak out did he yeah years ago
2: what a what a strange thing to be happening so i'm very curious to see what uh what irrelevant celebrity is on tonight that they try to pretend is yes uh, well I'm, plan-
3: time. I'm probably gonna need to watch tonight of and i have to watch vice Principals, which be i believe Scott is also coming yeah.
2: tonight I yeah I'll have to I'll have to uh get your take on Vice principles. Oh I'm uh, gonna be positive. Uh, there's oh, no right. way I'm it's not tonight. Going
3: I love Jody Hill. We're all gonna get off. Yeah this the Danny McBride and Jody Hill. Sh-
2: <laughs> the yeah. Danny McBride you guys can do that alone because Danny McBride and Jody Hill shows have never been my bag so.
0: I love Eastbound and down. Just Eastbound and Down right. One of the best comedies.
2: Well also yeah um, never. Eastbound and Down never did it for me. Well, well I would to say it's one
0: of the best and, comedies, but it's definitely pretty
3: Foot Fist good. Foot this way. Yeah. I love it, and yeah, I that... want to tie up uh, Brendan and force him to watch it with his eyeballs forced open. But uh, if if you, uh, I don't know. I feel like go you will, you will like Vice Principals. It, there's like an abrasive, like, like, kind of like shouting all the time, sour sort of humor that comes with Jody Hill, but there's just there's
2: that's yeah. what I'm not so into. Wait, have you yeah, watched? Yeah, there's just so much.
3: The lines are amazing. Have you watched it yet?
2: No. no. Oh, okay.
0: You, you're talking about it as if, like, as if you've seen the episode. No. Yet, so I'm just the
3: Jody Hill style.
0: Oh, humor. okay, okay, okay. I was gonna say, yeah. wow. I. You kept that to yourself. No, no, no.
2: I've been, I've just been talking about Eastbound and Down. Yeah, but that was, that was never my thing. I so. actually never finished okay. Eastbound we... and Down. That's okay. We'll do another podcast. Donald yeah. Trump sad. <laughs> we'll do another podcast you can tell me all about vice principals and i won't listen to a word of it and then i'll tell you all about what's happening on big brother this season and we will you talk tune about, that out
3: and we will talk about mad tv which is premiering on the 26th oh yeah
2: yeah that really snuck up on me yes and they have horrible instagram was... promos hashtag turnt
3: <laughs> mad tv what <laughs> uh
2: Mad TV returning to your local CW affiliate at the Um, end of the month. We're pushing
3: our longest episode. (laughs) Great. We're pushing our longest episode ever, but I want to mention that all three of us have been watching Netflix's uh, Stranger Things, uh, produced by Sean Levy, starring Winona Ryder. I watched all eight uh, today and yesterday. Uh, You guys watched it too. Uh, You are insane, because I definitely did not
0: watch all eight. I watched two.
2: I watched four. But I can Seven-inch say round. that,
0: based on those two, I love it. I'm a huge fan of the it's style, great. the music, the visuals, everything, and I'm probably gonna watch more tonight.
3: For sure.
2: Yeah, it. I, it's it's a show I didn't I didn't know if I'd like that much just no. because, um, you know, I, I don't have a I was not alive during the 1980s. I don't have a particular Why? nostalgic. Uh, can yeah, I know. Can you believe <laughs> that? I don't have this like <laughs> bone You're not in my body 40? that like. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm secretly 70, but, uh, I'm just, I'm lying about, I'm lying about my age. So, uh, uh, yeah, you, that's also why you were invited back to be the the first ever second time guest is because you were the first person to figure out actually that I'm, I'm Benjamin Button. That's what you got to do. You got to figure out a
0: secret about Brendan and then he invites you back on the podcast.
2: If you solve my riddles, (laughs) if you can answer me these questions three, (laughs) um, yeah, I've been, uh, I didn't I didn't necessarily know how I'd feel about it um but uh yeah I enjoy the the 80s horror movie vibe of it. it like if the goal was to make this actually seem like it was made in 1983 like A++ it it really does feel like this is like uh an old movie that I'm just discovering for the first time it's kind of awesome in that especially way especially the opening titles uh, Yeah those are that's like one of my favorite parts of the whole yeah. show, which is strange because it's, like, it's kind of nothing, but it's also I, everything.
3: I feel like that one's very John Carpenter. Like it, it reminds me of like the yes. Halloween sort of font. Yeah. Uh, I get like a lot of like Joe Dante vibes, like like, like a gremlins, um, yeah. like like the kids and there's like a lot of dark stuff going on. Like a surprising, like a surprising amount. Like I didn't think that this very was a gremlins show. Very gremlins E.T. Yeah, I didn't know this was, it was a show, E.T. for sure. This is very um, modern just, like,
0: of me, but I feel like it's, what Super, Super Eight would have been if it was a mini series?
1: Okay, yeah. because and it like definitely has a lot of similarities Super to Super
0: Eight, 8 and yeah. that it, re- it revolves around kids. It's like a single parent. There's some kind of being out and lurking in the woods. Some science experiments going on. Bicycles, so, yeah, bicycles. So there's a lot yeah. of comparisons to Super Eight that I'm I'm seeing.
2: Yeah, and, and you and Winona Rider is terrific in the show. Yes, always very and, concerned I mean, to the point that she almost makes some of the other people look bad like I, I don't necessarily think that the the teenage girl is like a dynamic actress yeah I don't think I'm on board no, with her she, yet I've only I've
0: only I watched two a episodes wooden. but I I, right. I don't think I'm all for her yet I hopefully um, she gets better I like better.
3: the cop uh, Arbor what's his first name uh, uh David Arbor
2: remember. something like that yeah
3: he's, he's he's pretty good I like that guy
2: yeah I'm uh he was in I'm Black curious. Mass i I'm trailer, curious too. With each passing episode to uh to find out more about what's what's happening, so mm-hmm. uh it's not a show I would have expected myself to be as gripped as no. I have been, but and it's uh good summer fun, yeah, you for feel
3: sure. like I don't know if like you're watching it on your t v with like some glare in the room, but like a lot of the monster action happens at night, and it's I actually like...
2: had to stop watching earlier today because. Like the episode started, I think I started episode four or five, and I just couldn't see anything. Yeah, that's my problem. It was like it was like seven o'clock in July, so the sun sun is red going down, and I just could not see anything. Yeah, because it's
3: it's always at nighttime. Every episode starts immediately where the last one ends, which I love. It makes you want to continue. Oh, that's really Um, cool. Makes it feel
0: like yeah, makes it feel fluid.
3: But like they're definitely like saving a lot on like those effects. By having it a lot, of, like at night, um, as we get later on, you know, you'll see like you'll see more and more, which is great. It's like you're building up, like you're they're not giving you everything until um, like the end. Like that's also a very super great thing, you know. That's like Cloverfield, like that, um, that sort of, you know, just not like really keeping a mystery and making you wait for it, and it's great. It's it's really fun. And I'm hoping for a season two because I'm really enjoying it. Yeah,
0: maybe, maybe it's just because I haven't finished the season yet. I've only finished two episodes. But I was kind of on the, the fence about the idea of them making a season two based on where I think the, the show is going. Because uh, I was a little worried that they might Wayward Pines It is a new term that i'm coining because
3: i don't i don't watch wayward pines this year i I like the last year but it feels irrelevant this year right that's a show that had a spectacular
0: first season and it felt so complete and i feel like it should have stayed as just a mini series with one season but instead they went on to that second season and it just feels so bloated and there's no reason for it to be and I feel like that's what I want this show to be. I kind of want it to be its own contained thing instead of them saying, right, where can we go with this next where it's like, well, you don't have to go anywhere next. It's good the way it is as like this really really long movie.
3: I'll tell you right now like this is, this is a fairly contained um, it feels very contained if you've watched all of it um, there's definitely directions for it to go where like okay, crazy stuff happens in this town. you've introduced like all these different ideas uh, then you could see where a season two could happen, where, like, just introduce, like, a new element of it, or, you know, bring something back that, you know, went away, like, you can do it, um, I don't feel like Netflix is going to, like, let this just be a one-and-done thing, because it was never introduced as a miniseries, and people are watching it, and I feel like Winona Ryder could possibly get some awards, uh, talk on this one, maybe, um,
2: also, Netflix has literally never canceled anything. After the
3: first <laughs> yeah, season. and when you have like Hemlock Grove, which I feel like is the most comparable thing, Netflix-wise, which I've never watched, but I just hear is a completely like awful show, and they gave it three seasons, I believe, and they like they ended it. They're going to do this one too. Like it's, it's yeah, it just it, it does well for them. It's good buzz. It's a great like name on it. Maybe they could it's, do like an
0: anthology. Yeah. Type of thing, and yeah, like you're saying, it's a good. Uh, it's it's good to their programming because there's really nothing else like this on Netflix, at least like an original yeah. series type thing. And it kind of count the programming
3: to like mm-hmm. Bloodline and Orange is the New Black. Yeah, the title Stranger Things could definitely lend itself to an anthology, um, but we'll yeah. definitely see about that.
2: Yeah, I I, I mean I've already tried to, to see people say that this is um, you know already like the best original show that Netflix has ever done and I I don't agree with that at all. Um I think it's a lot of fun. Um but it is it is its own type of thing and it has its own um much I think uh simpler aspirations maybe. Yeah. Um, it's the first it like genre y
0: thing Netflix has yeah. really been associated with That's what with. I was gonna
2: say. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Like Hemlock Grove is not a good show. Um No and also that was I mean that was that was eons ago in terms of, of right. what Netflix was was putting out so it was the first it was like the second year i think, I think. it was the second or, or yeah. i guess it was technically the third because like you had lily hammer which like not a lot of people count no. if you if we're counting house of cards as number one then hemlock grove i think was the second
0: i yeah i always yeah. considered house of cards to be the first
3: yes. i don't know if that's true or not but that's what i thought lily hammer but house of cards was like the first public one because house like of cards drama. was their was sort of public
2: you country, know yeah. lily hammer was like beta testing okay mm-hmm. i think um, that was the, I mean, that it was was like, the hey, show where Steven Van Zandt was. Uh, yeah, basically, for people who don't know, Lilyhammer. That was the show where Stephen Van Zandt um, from from the East Street Band was uh, was sent into witness protection. Uh, and I like how you say
3: East Street Band Four Sopranos. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: I was gonna say you're really not selling this show to me.
3: Like, no. <laughs> okay.
0: But yeah, watch. Um, uh, yeah, watch um, Stranger Things.
2: I've I've seen at least two different. Critics say that they are publicly concerned about where the show could head in the second season, um, but again, I haven't. I'm only halfway through, so I don't really know what that means. But I right. am um, yeah. excited to to see where they get to, and 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 yeah, we'll we'll see what's we'll see what is up.
3: Okay, I think we're uh, good on this show, guys. Does everyone feel I think comfortable? We can put
2: it away. I feel very mm-hmm. comfortable.
3: Um, keep an eye on. The comings and goings of the election, which we're we're in the middle of that. Uh, keep an eye on. Uh, we have your your Law and Order candidates uh, in action. Uh, Donald Trump's Special Victims Unit is is ready to go this week. <laughs> um, and
0: crooked Hillary, the Force Awakens.
3: Crooked, and, and, and they don't even call her. Uh, cl- they, they don't even call her Hillary or Clinton. Sometimes I've seen like people on the Trump campus just call her Crooked. Oh, <laughs> like, they're crooked. Trying so they're... hard to brand her. I love it um yeah keep keep track of uh all, some great tv during the summer Unreal's great full frontals on uh twice this week um you know you got all your live late night shows yeah it should be a fun good fun time week of late night for the sure. night of on hbo
2: it's a good week yeah check it
3: out mr, mr. robot all
2: Robot. This, all this stuff oh yeah and uh
3: i mean i i'd say mr robot is directly responsible for the creation of this podcast because the reason that i found brendan on twitter was because uh we were trying to find find out like how if mr robot was airing in canada and it turned out that they were delaying it until a fall for because of suits was on and i was very mad about who this. delays things yeah we were talking about it are you wearing your mr robot know. shirt today <laughs>
2: And I was, yeah. I went out. I was looking for Pokemon in my Mr. Robot shirt. I felt like a big dork.
0: (laughs) No, that sounds awesome. I respect you more. By the way,
2: my one sentence review of Mr. Robot season two is that USA Network has the best logo.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Characters. Um, Characters, welcome. Yeah. Oh no, no, it's it's we We the bold now. Exciting. Yeah, we the bold. Wow. Yeah. Control shows. Um, Just go into plugs, I guess.
2: Hello, friend. <laughs>
0: oh, am I supposed to plug something?
2: <laughs> no, I no, know. no. I'm, I'm just, got? I'm just randomly quoting Mr. Okay. Right now. Um, but Christian, go ahead and you can start off the plug. Oh,
0: okay. Well, you can follow me on Twitter at the amazing Beck. It's always fun mm-hmm. getting new followers. I like that because it helps my self-esteem and makes me feel good at night. <laughs> and uh, I feel like I should. I'm not doing any like shows or anything, but I feel like I should make something up i'll be performing at the west east (laughs) comedy joint performing a one-man show with martin short playing the banjo not steve martin we couldn't afford him but we could afford martin short
3: you're performing you're performing at east los high exactly that's
2: that's what you could here's what you can promote if if you want to go be in the audience of the emmy nominated last week tonight with john oliver or the emmy nominated full frontal with samantha (laughs) b christian might seat you in the audience
0: that's true that's true i thought you were going to say like he could get you tickets i'm like no 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 i I cannot do that i cannot do that but uh yeah if you happen to be at either of these shows uh look for the big dork with brown hair and glasses and uh, uh and come say hi
2: yeah, <laughs> I
0: might not know what to do in the moment if a stranger comes up and don't says hold back. Me, but...
2: Tell him exactly what you thought of his of his appearance.
0: Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I want to I want a big briefing.
3: Uh, you hated Ghostbusters. Just yell that in his face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you were wrong about Cecily
0: Strong,
2: you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I hope that happens. Yeah, it's gonna
3: happen now. And it's gonna go viral. Yeah, he's working tomorrow. Yeah Um, alright guys Uh, my twitter is uh, realbrams visit that at the end and I am keeping up with the tweets follow me on there we're also uh, featured snl on twitter Um, we have a tumblr but I'm not really gonna bother promoting it anymore Uh, we have facebook also (laughs) featured players that was the saddest plug I've ever heard we have this but uh friend friend uh, didn't know it existed and it yeah just, you, know, you didn't do a good it, job promoting it, it to me
2: so why we bother we have it you know? and
3: you could get up on it and you could get up on our facebook and our twitter and we like to send out the news and you know keep up with our show because we're a, kind of like a bi-weekly maybe a monthly show during the summer but we'll be back we'll be back probably to predict, predict the uh the host of the uh new season we will be back to talk about uh, mad tv there's a lot of things to talk about talk about uh, mad
2: tv we'll talk about all of those party over here episodes we missed It'll yeah really be great yeah uh i yeah. eventually stopped watching party over here great stuff way. um
3: special plug uh you might roll your eyes at this but also follow beth gooden who is my girlfriend <laughs> uh Boo. i know but she's not on a regular podcast anymore so i feel like it would be nice to promote her twitter Um, That was mean it feels like I was booing her I'm not booing you Beth I'm just booing she's she's really great I I I, (laughs) boo to Bram yeah boo to Bram that's what it was directed towards not you (laughs) very positive with all things Beth um follow her on Twitter um yeah and Brendan go ahead
2: all right, well, then I'm going to use my social media plug. Please unfollow at RealBrams on Twitter. <laughs> no, don't do that.
0: You're not even going to plug your own. You're just going to say, you're going to use up yours to say unfollow Bram, and that's it.
2: That's, that's, that's no. what I'm choosing to do this week. No, you can follow, follow me on Twitter, too, please, because like, like Christian, I need the self-esteem boost. At Brendan D. Noel on Twitter. Um, I talk
3: about all the drowsies that, I, that I, I catch, and you need to know about it.
2: Oh my my Twitter is about to become nothing but Pokemon Go. So if you already if you already thought I was annoying as shit, watch out.
0: I had a nice Sherlock tweet today uh, a couple days ago that went viral. So I was very happy about that. So it just goes to show you how serious oh, I, think I, think I, I, I missed take social that. media.
2: All right, now I gotta go look this up because I feel like I missed this. It like isn't even uh, that um, funny
0: of a tweet. It just it, I just like hashtag Sherlock, and then people found it. Did you did you uh, tweet your um, Pokemon
3: Donald Trump thing?
0: Yes, and that actually got a lot of love too. Not as much as Facebook though. Facebook was like close to two hundred likes.
3: It's all about the algorithm. It just like bounces up to the top all the time if it's popular. Yeah, but uh I, that, was, that was I a good... sound so pathetic right now. Like I don't know if you remember it, but it got this <laughs> many <laughs> likes, so us. it means I have this many friends. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us if you remember that Pokemon. I have, like,
0: a whiteboard uh, in my room. I, like, track my social media progress. Like, I'm so lonely. <laughs>
2: it's more like a corkboard with pins and string.
0: It looks like a beautiful mind in here, or like a conspiracy theory.
3: Yeah. Uh, as long as you're not going to social media asking, uh, asking for, um, for people you can see movies with, I think you're okay. Oh, my gosh. Uh <laughs> But people do that. Um, I, I want you to, if you remember your Pokemon Donald Trump a thing, you could just go in and say it.
0: Oh yeah, it was like, uh, I wonder if Donald. I wonder how Donald Trump feels about all these Pokemon coming into our country. <laughs> I love I that. I feel like he'd think it's a legitimate concern.
1: I nice think we need follow. to put a, to put a temporary
2: back. ban on Pokemon Go until our government figures this whole this whole mess up. <laughs> we need to put a we need
0: to build a wall for the legendary dogs and a ceiling for the legendary birds, so we have no Zapdos <laughs> coming in here to take all the jobs from hardworking Americans
2: so you don't want you don't want radicalized pidgeys <laughs> no um <laughs> and here's the thing the democrats they won't even say the words radicalized pidgeys <laughs> oh
0: i can't believe it obama <laughs> hashtag all grimers
3: matter tell us what it, what it is um i've actually i've been listening to like conservative talk shows like a podcast recently um i don't know if you guys Why know, are like, you doing that yeah i know it's horrible I was just about and i <laughs> And it's so funny, like, I, I laugh because it's so extreme. Um, I listen to Joe Walsh, Walsh, at Walsh Freedom. That's a plug. He was the one who said, like, watch out Obama on Twitter. Yeah,
2: the one who I reported for
3: threatening the, behavior. Real is coming. I listened to his show now. I've listened to five episodes, like, all last week. And it's just, like, it's so funny just how how wrong he is on that everything. Was such a
0: bad tweet. Like, no matter how you feel about the yeah, president. Yeah, it was horrible. Like,
3: whether you like him or hate him, like, I don't care what side you're on. But, like, you can't threaten a president like
0: that just you but can't he had, do it.
3: But go to his podcast and listen to an entire show where he explains what he meant by it and it's it's not a very good uh <laughs> it's not very good.
0: I hope it's worse.
3: He's mostly been talking about how uh, Obama hates cops and we should stand by our cops and he's pretty much like says like all cops are are good, you know. He's not he doesn't he can't like see through an issue. Like it's just like all cops are good, that's a concept, you know. You have privilege there, so it's like it's a conservative view but um uh, yeah, I hope, I've listened I hope, to a lot of that stuff.
2: <laughs> I hope on the next podcast you come prepared with um a full report on what Chuck Woolry has been saying the last couple of weeks on Fox News.
3: Scott Bayo. Scott Bayo is always fun. Oh boy. Alright, guys. Brendan, please, what's our Twitter? Do not It's
2: it's at Brendan D Noel, and uh if you follow me I will I will try to uh i will do everything in my power to stop the next episode from being about the Alex Jones show
3: <laughs> infowars.
2: <laughs> that's,
0: that's your incentive. Yeah. Look for the guy I, posing. I with seen,
3: I've seen right wing Facebook and it is a scary, scary place. If you want to go into it, just search make America great again on Facebook. It's it, there's some crazy stuff on there. Please
2: don't currently. Um, <laughs> don't do
3: that. Currently they that. really want the white house to be don't. lit up blue. It's a very hot-button issue. They want to support the cops because the White House has to be lit up every night. Depends on what color-based tragedy occurs.
2: Well, that's our show, everyone.
0: Glad we got to end on <laughs> a very high note.
2: Yeah, I'm glad we ended on our extreme, extremist moment of uh, relevance and on-topicness. I feel like our show is becoming Cougar Town. Like eventually, we should change the title to something that actually make sense of what we talk about it but eventually we're just going to embrace it like it starts okay. off as
0: the feature players but we like get into these really intense like conservative versus liberal Then it becomes
2: just a right-wing radio show
0: and every
3: <laughs> and it was
0: like well, why are you called the um... players You're like well we used to be an
3: snl podcast
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah
3: we didn't talk about snl really but we're in the we're in the vicinity of it yeah. um, this is our summer break stuff we can talk about whatever okay. we want I just want to quick mention. Uh, Joe Walsh, his his <laughs> theme song is Walsh. is um okay. I guess I believe it's called "My Songs." And know what you did in the dark, or I, I thought it was called "Light 'Em Up," but oh. yeah, "Fallout Boy," which I, I just wonder, like, is Fallout Boy signing off on like this obvious racist like he like using a f- uh, song as like his intro? Yes,
2: yes, they are. You heard it here first. Well,
0: I might have to change my views on Ghostbusters mm-hmm. then shock <laughs> one out of five well, stars. I
3: I know the song cuz it was on Rookie Blue promos for years which is which is a show that's on in America so it's not a overly Canadian reference it's on ABC Speaking of um yeah. him using a fall out boy song for his
0: show I think it's so funny that throughout this whole campaign there've been conservatives like using songs from like famous artists like uh when Mike Huckabee used uh, Eye of the Tiger when he went to go visit that one chick who was in prison for not signing mm-hmm. the marriage license for that gay couple and then he used Eye of the Tiger and Survivor like sued him or something so like you cannot <laughs> yeah, use much. our song and like that's happened to Trump a bunch of times too when he, uh, oh, he yeah. like, used, he's like not allowed to said. use certain songs at rallies
1: yeah.
3: yeah I don't remember what was on the uh, on his announcement speech yesterday but it was some kind of rock song keep on rocking in the free roll at of- free roll i think uh was used by trump a few times
2: so uh guys uh should we stay or should we go <laughs> that's a stranger things reference yeah
0: used greatly well now I yeah think we let's should get out of here because no one's gonna beat that reference
2: yeah let's uh let's pull the plug on episode 10
0: very shy <laughs> that was a flat line flat lining because we pulled the plug
2: yeah, that's probably appropriate for, for this <laughs> podcast. We'll uh, put it out of its misery. Roth is killing ladies and gentlemen. Come on, I have to eat dinner. Yeah, let's. Uh, we can we can wrap this up. I've got some Sunday fun and games to watch. I got some and, vice <laughs> principals to
3: watch. <laughs> yeah, starting now, I think. Oh boy.
0: Well, I got to get out of here. Right. Ballers, well, ballers, uh, guys.
2: Yeah, Ballers was on tonight, too. Ballers is, like, my dad's favorite
0: show. <laughs> Mine, too. I feel like it's every dad's favorite show. Like, that's such a dad show. Yeah.
2: <laughs> my dad likes Brain Dead. Ugh. All right, guys. I feel like my mom probably likes Brain Dead. Yeah. All my right, My mom people. is trying to get me into the uh, You, Me, and the Apocalypse. Before we get, oh, no, we, we, can't get same thing we can't get into another show. We can't get into another show. It's so yeah, bad. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, was, no. Okay. <laughs> He's Brand Bendroff. I'm Brendan Owell. Thank you, Christian Becker, Christian Becker, for joining us once again at The Amazing Beck on Twitter. Uh, we'll be back probably in a couple of weeks and we'll talk about Mad TV and a bunch of other good stuff. And maybe actually talk about some, some SNL news if there is any uh, to be divulged at this point. With with our luck, like John Rodnitsky will be fired tomorrow or something. But, uh, <laughs> oh god. Not anyway, that's that. uh that's <laughs> I'm such an asshole. Uh <laughs> His brother that's episode not be 10 listening. of the Featured... That's episode ten of the featured players. Uh, Nick George, you can go to bed now. And uh, uh, I don't know. That's it. Good night, and have a pleasant tomorrow.
3: Show to Harambe. Later, later. At Walsh
2: Freedom. No, we fell in love dancing Harambe. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Thank you, guys. Good night.
0: Uh, Good stuff. I enjoyed that.